What's up, Sifters? Welcome to Game Face, episode 327 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host, and alongside me, I have two co-hosts, Matt Kyle and Luna. Is she on camera? Oh, she's off there. It's become awesome. She is officially a co-host at this point. When we get ready to go, she hops up on the table, she sits in her spot, and we crank on with Luna as our second co-host. What's up? How are you guys doing? Hope you guys have had a great week since we last saw you. Last stream was insane. We did an episode of Game Face and our draft. Um, we made it through okay, mostly unscathed, I think. Um, hope you guys are doing good. Games finally starting to kick off. We're starting to get the games of 2023. And we have a great show for you guys today. We're going to discuss two of the biggest games for January. We're going to talk about Forspoken. We're going to talk about Fire Emblem Engage. We're also going to do a gigantic third-party 2023 preview. And all I can say about that, Matt, is this is going to be an amazing year for video games. And it really, like I was telling Matt about all the clips and everything and all the pre-production I had to do for this episode because there are so many awesome games coming out from third parties this year. And then he brought up the fact that like, we don't even know like what's coming in the second half of the year from the big three, mm-hmm. from Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Like there might be a Mario game at the end of this year. It, we don't know. I almost picked like 3D Mario in our draft actually. Mm-hmm. That was almost my last pick. But I was like, that's really pushing my luck. So I, I did that one year. You did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, this year is going to be awesome. Like I am just telling you, if you don't feel that way after this episode is done, I don't want to tell you. You probably need to find a new hobby because there is just hot stuff coming from beginning to end for this entire year. I'm going to preview a lot of it for you guys today. Uh, a couple things for housekeeping. Let me put on my reading glasses. Uh, first of all, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge, which is the the fantasy league that you guys play in today is the last day to get your entries in. Let me repeat that. Today is the last day to get your entries in. If you have not put your entry in yet for the Sifted Fantasy Challenge, go to sifted.net right now. Up in the header, there's a link that'll take you directly to the page. It'll give you all the deets on what you need to do. And then that page will send you on to actually input your entry. Have you done yours yet? No, I gotta do that. I did mine already. Mine is in. I'm ready to go. Of course, Matt and I cannot win. We just like to play along with you guys for fun. And I usually fun to win and just look down (laughs) on everyone. From our castle. (laughs) Um, So I suppose we'll still give you a game. (laughs) Or two if you're number two. You're a patron. (laughs) Top loser. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, as Matt just said, there are prizes. Um, If you're if you're a non-patron, if you're not helping us out financially, you'll win one game. If you are helping us out financially, either you're a subscriber at sifted.net or you're a patron, uh, then you can win two games. Uh, So get over there, get your entries in. It literally takes like no time. The interface is so quick and easy. Um, And don't forget, most importantly, your picks are ranked. So make sure that you pick the game that you think is going to score the highest first because that multiplier gets smaller as you get to your 10th pick. So anyway, don't forget to go do that. We put up the draft from last year on YouTube this morning telling all those folks to go and enter. Good luck to you all. Don't pick Forspoken. (laughs) Pick your 10 games and cross your fingers. Um, What else do we got here? Let's see. Uh, Oh, we found out this week, Matt, that Xbox is woke because they've... (laughs) Because they're adding a power save mode. 
Oh my god. I thought that they could not hit the I thought that they had hit the bottom of the barrel like three years ago. That is no, the bottom there, of the there's barrel. Always, no, there's always a false bottom to the barrel that leads to a secret <laughs> secret hatch that goes down a tunnel. It's the secret low catch, man. That leads to the net yeah, the the hatch is a rainbow flag. <laughs> and uh, just to scare them more. Do people believe this crap? Are there people out there dumb and gullible yes, enough? Yes, tons of them do. I, the people who are watching Fox all the day, yes, they seem to actually believe uh, it. Don't, do I think the people you know pushing it do? No, I think I think a lot of them know that they're just you know they're creating they're they're building they're building their mystery. There. <laughs> just, and uh, just remember, anytime you try to save yourself money, you're woke. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you don't want to pay as much on your power bill, like they're saying, it's because they're they're grooming children to care about the environment and climate change, or to care about paying and less like, yeah, for their the, electric bills. The electrical bills. bill is really what I think most people are thinking of there. Oh my gosh, man! It's just we're living in an insane world. Insane. It's amazing. It's really to sit, oh, it's amazing bonkers. to sit there and like look at like during the election in November. I'm like. Herschel Walker's gonna gonna run off. Like they're <laughs> he almost won that. I know it's great. Like that's how desperately power hungry these people are. They will elect a complete idiot. Yep. So anyway, Xbox it's is unbelievable woke now because they have a power saving feature on yeah. the Xbox Series X. Look out, people! Pretty We're much gonna... every time anyone uses the word woke now, you can just discount. I just tune they're, them out. They're, that's it. Yeah, Your done. opinion is invalid. I don't care about anything you have to say after that point. I'm done. Um, so anyway, Xbox is woke. That's one of the stories that we're not going to really discuss on the show. Um, also, Marvel's Avengers is finally ending this year, Matt. Mm-hmm. We finally saw the the finish line for that Clearly game. Clearly because it was woke. <laughs> that's, that's why it only survived and three years. And not because it was a, yeah. bad, a bad MMO weirdo thing that yeah. didn't have any reason to play once you finish the campaign. Yep. But anyway, it's uh, what, was it in, what month is it ending? Um, I want to say September. Yeah. So it actually is going to last for the most of this year, which I'm actually surprised Like, it's still going to be, you're still going to be able to play it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they are no longer, like, it's basically going to be delisted. Mm. Like, um, so I don't think they're fully shutting down, but they are, um, they're shutting down and they're giving you all the cosmetics, paid cosmetics for free. Yeah. But if you already bought them, too bad. They're not refunding? Like, That's very funny. <laughs> So in, so it lasted longer than the Stadia, but they you did not get a, as good a deal yeah. as Stadia at the end. You didn't get your money back. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, a couple other things. Perfect Dark, the new Perfect Dark reboot, is in trouble. Uh, word leaked out this weekend mm-hmm. that uh, the new Perfect Dark game has hit a snag again. Don't forget. Well, it's been it's it doesn't <laughs> seem like it's hit any snag. It doesn't seem like it's hit any new snags. It's just it's gone slow. Yeah, it's had speed bumps, and the the leaker said that you should expect Tomb Raider first. Yeah, the other game that Crystal Dynamics is working on because Perfect Dark was originally under development by the Initiative, which is this brand new studio here in LA. And apparently they weren't making a lot of progress, and so Crystal Dynamics was brought in as a ringer to help them work on that game. Meanwhile, Crystal Dynamics is also making a new Tomb Raider, which yeah, we the talked Tomb Raider about. Is, you said the Tomb Raider has been in development longer than anyone suspects. Thanks, yeah. Because so. it's been four years since a the while, last one, yeah. something like that? Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, but anyway, the next Tomb Raider is coming out before the next Perfect Dark. And then finally, in some really sad news uh, this week, is um, that there were huge layoffs at GameSpot and Giant Bomb this past mm-hmm. week. I think we kind of... Along with almost every other tech company. Yeah. I think um, we kind of saw that coming when Jeff left. Yeah. But this is there's more to it than this. That, I mean, this is, this is fandom just doing what these weird acquisition companies end up doing inevitably, even though they still made more revenue than you could shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, the only major tech company that hasn't had massive layoffs is Apple, because instead of doing layoffs, the CEO of Apple took a $50 million pay cut. Right. Um, which is what should be happening, because a lot of these companies do have record revenue right now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Google made the excuse that, like, oh, it's uh, we overhired. Like, then if you're overhiring, how come people that have been there 15 years got laid off? Right. It's... What it is 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 these the the companies are preparing for what they see as a coming recession, and potentially the effects of the debt ceiling disagreement oh, come come yeah. the summer when when the this, the emergency measures stop working. Um, so they have to protect the revenue and the the overhead and the profits for the shareholders. Um, and don't care what happens to the workers they get rid of. You bring up um, a good point, though, about the like the company that now owns Giant mm-hmm. Bomb and GameSpot and that conglomerate. And they're doing of the same digital thing. Digital property. Same, Polygon lost a couple, but not not nothing major. But that was because Vox Media did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Vox Media cut tons of people out. Yeah, I'm a, um, obviously I'm a big hockey fan. If you've watched me for any amount of time, you know I love hockey. Um, and all, they cut all their hockey coverage, all their NHL coverage. And people were like freaking out. And even me, as a huge hockey fan, was like, I get it. Because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. people don't read about hockey. They had like 30 or 40 people hired to write mm-hmm. hockey stories. I bet you those stories generated like $500 yeah. a month in like well, ad well, revenue. Nothing, nobody works at these things anyway. Like they're all, they started gutting press 20 years. Yeah, you know, we yeah. saw that when we were still at Tech TV. Yeah, it's true. Um, there was a, you know, there was the Monterey Park shooting here mm-hmm. over the weekend. And, Two shootings here this and, weekend, yeah. Well, then Oakland this morning. All so right, it's like, uh, California's catching up. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the uh, in the middle of the night, like people, including Simu Liu, the guy who plays uh, uh, Shang Chi, were complaining like, "Why isn't this being covered more?" I was like, "Well, dude, you're you're tweeting about it at three in the morning on a weekend, and." There aren't really night beat reporters anymore. Like, like, yeah. like the LA Times had stuff up like immediately, but like all the people that would cover that in the middle of the night on a weekend for like a news agency, they're gone. they've been gone with the copy editors since like 2006. It's like, the same thing in our industry, actually. Um, like hardly any outlets publish anything on the weekends anymore. No. It's like some YouTubers. Or if they do, it's like it's like cued. Yeah, it's already done. It's stuff that queued. they did yeah. during the week and they just scheduled yeah, it. Yeah, there's the no weekend. reaction to things over the weekend. Yeah. And actually, that is one of the changes that, and I'll just preempt it, we're going to talk next week about all the big changes that are coming to Sifted for 2023. One thing that we are going to do is we're not going to publish on weekends anymore because it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Like It's like, I do the curation on the weekends and it's like, it's ruining my weekend to like curate three stories that you guys don't even really care about all that much. Uh, so that's one of the things that's going to change. We're going to end up being like all the other websites, the gaming websites. We're not going to be publishing on the weekends. Um, that's just one of the changes that's coming. But that's a product of what Matt was talking about. None of the outlets are publishing anything on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And so I sit there and I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I, I the only games journalist working on the weekend? And so I'm not going to do that anymore. So, And um, then like, people were pointing out that like, you know, a lot of the people got laid off from GameSpot and, and, um, and Giant Bomb. You'll never see them in game journalism again. No. There are no more jobs. Where are they going to go? Like, there's nothing left. That is that is basically over. It is over. Yeah. Like, it's, it's gone away. It's all twitch streamers and sponsored youtube videos now. pretty much yeah it's a shame what's happened but i mean let's be honest and i'm not blaming you guys on this stream i'm just blaming people in general they stopped going oh, yeah. to the websites so and they nobody pays no one subscribed you know what was it um i think it was um uh andrea renee it's partly it's our a, fault there's no yeah. reason to go to those websites right. anymore but andrea renee because was, we bring it all to you on like andrea renee was saying that like something i think it was her was saying something like five percent of their audience subscribes mm-hmm. and like 
like 15, that's high 15 percent of them like, yeah and she was saying like we're successful and we barely get anything so imagine how hard it is to scrape by and like and like wait what's good games is successful relatively like for, okay yeah you know, i mean they're not rolling in dough or anything but like they they got the lights on and yeah. like which is something yeah to say but also i think i think she did point out like you know there's a more personal like connection there with their audience whereas there's even less uh likelihood or reason or incentive for someone to subscribe to something like uh like GameSpot or like ign or something because they're seen as corporate mm-hmm. and that the corporate entity should take care of its own funding which right. is true like, it is true yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why they're um, there that's why but the like, corporation but is they're there. being but these 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 outlets are being moved to this model in a weird way and it you know I don't know the the thoughts of the exact. I mean, executives make stupid decisions all the time, so they might really be that dumb. But it does feel like they're being sent to die. Yeah. Um. It's 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 it feels like a soft way of getting rid of this branch of your company you don't want around anymore. Without, yeah. With with, it, with having plausible deniability, say it wasn't your fault. The subscriptions just weren't high enough. So, like, it's, it's we do feel bad. Like, yeah. don't, like this. We feel terrible about this. But I will say this: it seems as if. A lot of the people who were laid off were the younger people. It seemed like it were, was like there were a couple, last in the door, first out the there door. There were a couple long term giant bomb people, but like, yeah. And um, those people have time to pivot in their lives. So if Matt, what Matt says, which is there aren't jobs out there, there aren't, um, and they can't find something in what they've been doing, they're in their twenties. They yeah. have time to like say, okay, that didn't work. I can do something else. You start talking about the senior people, it can be too late to pivot. Well, and luckily, the you know the, the skills you'd learn at that job are going to apply to a bunch mm-hmm. of other things. You move into marketing, you move yep. into PR, yep. you can go into event planning. You can do, I mean, you do a bunch of stuff that doesn't even has, have anything to do with games necessarily. Yeah, sure. there, there are ways to do that. But yeah, if you're trying to pivot uh, 20, 30 years later... Um, hard. You know, you, people, nobody wants to hire someone that old. The other problem, too, is that your resume at that point is, should be pretty impressive, and people don't want to pay you. So right. <laughs> what do you do? Um, so it's, And they want someone who's younger and dumber and yeah. knows, that, you know, you're hiring someone in their 40s or 50s. Those people are probably going to know they don't need to put up with some of the bullshit they're going to face. They're not as malleable. And yeah. you want someone younger and hungry and desperate and is willing, you know, although, yeah. to, to be fair... Uh, the new generation, Gen Z, uh, is not putting up with that. Shit. Yeah, they're not. Like, so it, it's going to be very interesting to see where that. They'll kind quit of... jobs even if they don't have another one lined up because yeah. they're just like f this job. No, they don't. They That's don't great. Yeah, this should have happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So anyway, our condolences out to the folks at Gamespot and Giant Bomb. And again, to what I was saying when we first started discussing this is. Gersman probably knew. He is the leader of the site. He was in meetings. The other people mm-hmm. weren't in. He was starting to be able to read the tea leaves a little bit, and I think it probably contributed at least to him leaving and starting well, I'm sure his, he, he, I his mean, own podcast. All you need is one one or two meetings with the fandom people to know that you were not in the hands of... Prior. You weren't a priority. Yeah. Yeah. So, so And then they fired him before he could leave. So yeah. It was very handy. I mean, hey, he got severance out of it, I guess, or if you, if you get severance at that level. I don't know. Well, it's crazy. So I was at GameSpot back when the dot-com bubble popped in 2001 and literally CNET laid off like 70% of the company in mm-hmm. one day. It was like a machine of people standing in line to turn in like their laptops and their equipment. It was literally a machine. See, they laid off so they many just people. won't let you back in the building and kill your email before you can do anything. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, and now be, here we are 20 years later and it's happening again. Yeah. You think a dot-com bubble is going to pop again? You think that's good? it's like the next um, dot-com bust? Uh, it's, no, it's not a dot-com bu- bubble. It's a recession. Yeah. Like it's the whole thing. It's I mean, it's not just that tech companies are laying people off en masse. It's that eggs cost seven bucks. 
Well, because so. there's bird flu that killed right. 50 million but birds. But it all, it all, you know, it boils up. together, and then you got the debt ceiling thing, and that's going to come home to roost. Not to keep yeah. the chicken metaphor going. Uh, in June, <laughs> that's good. Um, it's it's all you know. The inflation was sort of early, you know, last year was was more of a, a symptom, and that's yeah. obviously back down to kind of where we expect it. But you're going to see that again, and you're going to see it worse. Yeah. Um, unless something drastic is done, and it's unlike, unlikely anything drastic can be done because the Republicans are going to hold the House hostage for all this stuff and gum up the works. And I don't think forever. anything's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, as goes the U.S. when it comes to economic stuff, if we stop paying our debts overseas, that affects a ton of other countries around the world, and that is how you get a crashed economy. Yeah. So um, maybe. Yeah. Uh, this is, but again, th- this is this is a battening down of the hatches uh, to keep preemptive, preemptive, yeah. not not to keep the companies survivable, but to keep the same level of payout to the shareholders. Right. Because that's what they ultimately because care about. Because that's the only thing they care about yeah. right now. Yep. Um, so, good luck, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's not looking great. Also, the doomsday clock was moved to 90 seconds to midnight today, which is the closest it's ever been, uh, which is a measure of how much a group of Nobel, and Nobel Prize winning atomic and, and political research scientists uh, believe we are to a, a nuclear to Armageddon. To a nuclear exchange, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, so that's that's good times. Yeah, uh, doesn't necessarily indicate anything. And as a couple people pointed out, a clock is a terrible metaphor for that because the it can go back and forth and right. it just stays there for a long time and go back. Like that's not what clocks do. It no. should it should be a guy being chased by an atomic bear. <laughs> that's a good. Sometimes one. the bear's closer, sometimes <laughs> it's further away. Maybe you're getting away, maybe you're not. Like that's what it should be. All right, let's check in on you guys. See how y'all are doing here on your Tuesday. Uh, Texture Glitch, Luna is starting a spinoff show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Already in development, coming to screen near you. <laughs> um, Sneaky says, getting woke, adding Luna, a female to the show. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. We're going all the way woke. We have a female cat. And she's black. <laughs> One thing I would say, too, is if you guys like any of these publications or you like any of these people, go support them. Like, yeah. go to GameSpot, go to Giant Bomb, watch their content, turn off your ad blocker. Like, all that stuff can help. Uh, so if you really like these folks, you really like these publications, support them. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I skim through Sifted once a day and see if anything catches my eye. I don't, I don't go to sites. I mean, and look, if you aren't using Sifted for that, people are using Twitter for that. Or they're yeah. using Facebook for that. Or whatever. It's... It's changed. It's like it back in the, the. I used to go to like IGN and places every day, but like it's a certain. I can't remember when it was, but at some point, like IGN, they, they changed their visual formatting, and I just couldn't stand it anymore. Yeah. And I was all around the same time as the social media rise, and it just. I was going to hear about it on you know Twitter or Facebook or NeoGAF uh, before I heard about it on IGN or GameSpot, mm-hmm. and it just didn't matter anymore. Yeah. I personally hate Twitter. <laughs> I think Twitter's terrible for news gathering. It's just, to me, a big wall of crap I don't care about. Twitter's, me, Twitter's good for breaking stuff, for on-site, like, this is what's happening This right just now. happened 30 seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah. But inevitably... For information gathering, I think it's abysmal. So but it's, it's good for information gathering in a sense to, to let people know where the story is so they can go cover it properly. Yeah. In a, in a perfect world where people who work in the news actually have the time to do that and aren't just assigned high school football games all day yeah but it's uh yeah it, it, there's just nothing there like it, it doesn't you know and all you're left with is sort of like you know sort of like what polygon made its business on 
you know, back in the day was more thoughtful, like analysis, more you know, longer kind of uh, social or cultural or or industry related think pieces or, or, or exposés or or just sort of historical essays. And that was kind of the appeal of Polygon, um, which is funny because I think Russ Pitts was involved in that early on. And he's the guy who has the most famous quitting email of all time mm-hmm. at the, in the exit of a tech company, the Eagle <laughs> Seaman email right, at right. TV. That's right. Which I was just there early enough to experience. <laughs> And my main re- response was, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> but, Somehow like, he went on and managed to get, like, other jobs and stuff after that. Yeah. I, just, I don't think a lot of people even know about it, No, honestly. probably not. Yeah. But if you Google, I mean, I'm not going to tell you to Google Russ Pitt's Eagle Seaman, but <laughs> if you do, you'll find what I'm, the context for this. Um, <laughs> I got to read this. Vortex Complex. Podcasting lifestyle sounds like the dark souls of careers. It kind of is. Yeah. I, it's I a grind. I, I think Twitch, constant Twitch streaming is more, there's a... It's even worse. You're yeah, right. Absolutely. There's a guy. Yeah. So there's a guy that one of my friends and I would like watch periodically. He did Star Citizen stuff. He's just like a kid. I mean, he's not a kid. He's like 20, 21 at the time. It was years ago. Because mm-hmm. um, you, you can say that about Star Citizen now. Um, you, and he was playing this Star Citizen Alpha like every night. Like you would play this. And he had like seven viewers. Mm-hmm. And like two of them were us that were just making right. fun of him uh. up here. <laughs> and like, um, not in the chat, but we're yeah, just like, yeah. I can't believe this guy. He keeps going. And it's clearly yeah. in like a ba- in his in his like parent in his bedroom in his parents' house or something. And it's like, and we would worry about like, does is he gonna be okay? Is he gonna? Because he would do this every hours, like mm-hmm. eight hours a day. He was playing Star Citizen Alpha for four people, basically. Yeah, I mean, I kind and, of admire that on certain. And periodically, levels, like, I will check back, and like he's still going, and mm-hmm. he never broke like over. He did this for like six years, and he never broke like five hundred like subs, like viewings, mm-hmm. let alone subscribers. Yeah, and like. And most recently, I looked, and he's kind of switched to like racing games and racing sims he and pivoted. a couple other things. But the last thing he he put put up was like three months earlier, and it was like a quick thing before I go to work. And then there's nothing after that. I'm like, good. He got the he job. Got out. He got a job. Yeah, he, you're he, out. he got yeah. a job. He's out. He has something. It's, real I mean, you're right. It is not a great way to make a living. It grinds you to a pulp. And I think mm-hmm. streaming is the worst of them all. Like it's way worse than podcasting, even. Oh like, yeah, it's a way worse squirrel wheel. I, and even, and they'll, those guys will tell you it's like if you take a day off, you'll you'll see you see the drop. Yeah, yep, it's true. But yeah, so yeah, th- all that stuff is a bad grind. So every once in a while, you have these people like, you know, I think there's some there's some some YouTubers that have gotten you know a little lucky and a little uh, little uh, you know exposure like like that like you know the Jenny Nicholsons of the world or the the, um, the Patrick H Willems of the world who like got lucky or Legal Eagle was, yeah. I saw him you know he blew up pretty fast but they also formed Nebula and are kind of a creator shared like revenue stream there and like a lot of the Patreon stuff is so like the Patreon stuff for Jenny Nicholson so successful like I would say half of the stuff she makes she doesn't even post on YouTube anymore yeah. it's all just Patreon exclusive yeah so anyway it's tough times out there hopefully you guys are all doing okay you're all keeping your jobs I mean that's the crazy part there's a billion jobs available. Mm-hmm. There are tons of jobs available. But they available. all suck. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Like, the wages have gone way up. Like, most places now are paying, like, $20 mm-hmm. an hour to get you to work there. Yeah, so, because, like, people, people, the, the supply and one, demand is finally working. One positive working. thing about the pandemic is it taught, every, it taught everybody that working from home is completely viable. Yeah. It taught everybody that your time is valuable. Because mm-hmm. like, this all could go away in a second. Yeah. And um, uh, it also, well, it's not good, but, like... Tons of people died, mm-hmm. and the workforce is smaller because it's it like five hundred thousand yeah. fewer people looking, you know, available as workforce in the country because of yeah. that. 
and that, Im- that it matters. impact matters. Yeah. And that goes, you know, that happened in the Black Death. Like yeah. so many people died that all of a sudden tradesmen and you know a middle class was created from the out- outcome yeah. of that because all of a sudden people who did the work could demand payment because I mean the, World War Two. Yeah, like that was a, that. that Great tragedy and great loss of life always leads to a better commodification of labor. Yeah. And you're seeing that kind of in microcosm here. And you're seeing Gen Z is fascinating because you're seeing these these kids come up in this and having gone through this and being like, yeah, we're not like we, we're not walking into this. We're walking into this with our eyes wide open. I love open, Gen Z. Doing. Um, <laughs> I have to admit it. Like, oh, yeah. they're the generation I wish I was a part of. And like they're every, doing everything the right way. Like, why, why is Gen Z so dead set against voting <laughs> for, for Republicans? I was like, maybe because... Like, it's not they, even about that. I just it, part, love their part attitude. Of it, it, they're it, just like, I am not taking your bullshit. Yeah, well, because their <laughs> attitude partly comes from having to have done school shooter drills right. their whole fucking lives. True. And they yeah. know who made them have to do that. Mike's Q asks, why do you think that all these big companies decided to lay off all at the same time? Because the end of the fiscal year. Like, it's, it's coming around. And, like, this is basically when lay, if you don't lay people off before Christmas, you lay them off now. Yeah. Like, that's basically Most people do not want to do layoffs before Christmas because they look terrible. Yeah, it's a bad So they PR wait move. until January to do the big layoffs. Yeah, this is, I mean, you expect layoffs around this time regardless, but, like, the size of, I mean, Google laid off 12,000 people. Like, that was not, that's something yeah. like 10 times what people thought was going to be normal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you do, you do trim, quote, unquote, trim the fat a little bit in preparation for the end of fiscal or right around end of it depends when your fiscal year ends. Sometimes it's sometimes it's December, sometimes it's March, uh, depending on the company. But like, um, it's uh, yeah, it's this is the time you do that if you don't want to look like a Grinch, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's see, Mike's cute. Thank you for Twitch Prime. What's up, brother? Hope you're doing good. Um, Obi Wan nine thousand, all time Patreon viewer on Catch Up, first time live stream. Welcome, man. Glad you finally decided to stop by and watch the show live. Um, Schneeky, does being a paid sub on YouTube count? You know what? We will count that. If you're subscribing on YouTube to get our content early and you win, just bring it up to us, mention it to us, and we'll go and we'll check and make sure that you're really a subscriber on YouTube. And if you are, you will win two games if you win the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. I will absolutely make that deal right now. Uh, Listeved, thank you for gifting tier one subs to people in the stream. That's awesome. Um, Adam3140 underscore one. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, what else we got here? Wampler13, thank you. I am number Q, thank you. Anna Croth, thank you. We're getting towards the end of the month, so most of you guys have already subscribed at this point, but still appreciate everyone who takes the time to do it. it makes a big dif- difference for us, and it costs you absolutely nothing. Minority Games, thank you for all the bits. That's awesome. We appreciate it. So we are behind. We got to get going because <laughs> we have a. Big show today, and the intro to the show lasted way longer than it normally does. So we got to get going. Um, first up, we're going to talk about probably the biggest release of the week. I don't know, though. That's debatable, yeah. is it? Yeah, it is. Probably. Yeah. And that game is Forspoken, Square Enix's brand new open world action RPG that just launched today. Um, I was lucky enough to get advanced review code of the game. I've been playing it for several days at this point. Matt's also spent a good chunk of time with it. The reviews for this game, Matt, have not been great. Not tops. <laughs> I saw a lot of people um, in the chat before we got started saying, oh, Shane's fantasy team is doomed because he has force. But no, it's not. It's got a seven right now, Metacritic. And it was like my last pick of the draft. It's not so great. Second to last. <laughs> what do you say? Second to last pick. Yeah, so, but really my last real pick because my last pick was just a gamble that I'm going to use. Yeah, Armored Cores. Right. Like, that's my big gamble. It was going to be Mario, but I decided on, on Armored Core instead. So anyway... 
this is basically my last pick of the draft. I would have, I hoped it got an eight. It got a seven. It's not going to end my mm. chances of winning. Or I was expecting like it to be in the sevens after playing the demo, but I didn't. I mean, technically it's 68 right now, which yeah. is lower than I thought it would be. It is lower. And I will say this as someone who has spent a lot of time with this game, I think they're insane. Like, well, not insane. That's not that's insane. It's it's better than it's a six point eight. Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> great, but it is not that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, as someone who who is very lukewarm about the demo, I was correct. The game does onboard you way better when you play it from yes, the beginning. Absolutely. Um, I can see why they did not have the demo start at the beginning because the beginning is fairly slow and horrendously depressing. Like it is, it is very sad. It's intense, um, and it's actually acted very well. Very like well. Like there's you know, almost too well. Yeah, there's, like there's a there's a bit where like you know early on she you know she she, she just wants to get out of New York. She wants to leave. She doesn't want to be where she well, is. Well, let's anymore. let's let's set it up because so. people only understand I think the basics of this. Yeah. So basically, you play as this girl who lives in Brooklyn, and you can see in this B roll she's getting mixed up with the wrong people. Yeah, she's she, working she, she, with she, criminals. The very first thing is you see her in court for her third strike on a felony charge. Right. Like, she's having a hard time. And she's an orphan who was left, abandoned by her parents in the Holland Tunnel. Mm -hmm. Which is and, why her last name is Holland. And that's exactly right. Her last name is Holland because that's where they found her. Her parents abandoned her. She's been living hand to mouth in the streets pretty much her entire life. She said, she mentions at one point she had a couple foster yeah. parents that didn't work out. So she's basically just been living. Yeah, she's been a ward of the state most yeah. of her life, basically. And she's been in trouble and she's looking for a way out. She wants to change her life. And the judge lets her off with a with a warning and community service because she's like, you know, you're, you you think she's going to do the potential speech or afraid of, right? And, and she's like, no, I think you're on, you're on a path to destruction. Like you're, yep. you're, I don't know how much longer you have, basically. Yeah. And she's been saving money. You can see it right mm -hmm. there. It's her duffel bag of money she's been saving to get out and change her life. And as luck would have it. That night, she lays down to go to sleep. And Which is very sad, but she's petting her cat and crying because she doesn't want to be where she is anymore. It's very, yeah. it's very well done. Like it really is. There are, it's weird. There's moments in this game that are so well done and well presented, and there's other moments where everyone's standing around like with dead like, face, dead face, like <laughs> delivering dialogue like they're PS2 characters. It's yeah, it's kind of like Final Fantasy 15 when you think about yeah. it. Like it's, so she goes home and goes to sleep that night. And she's getting ready basically to leave the next day. Yeah. And the thugs that she's been working with sets her apartment complex on fire. Yeah, and she, she lives in an abandoned building. Like, yeah. She yeah, she lives in doesn't even live in an apartment. She's yeah. living in like a place with she, no. Yeah, she's heat. squatting in an abandoned apartment in a in a condemned building. Basically. Yeah. And they come and they light the building on fire. She can't get the money before and which was a little bit of a Which is this is the thing that like <laughs> everyone's criticizing like all these weird things, but I'm like, the first thing you do is you get up in a duffel bag full of money sitting right next to you and there's an interaction thing. It on won't it, let you pick it up. Like, no, I have to find Homer. The cat, the cat first. Yeah. Like, I agree, but just pick the bag up. And, and then go, find the cat. And when, you've, yeah. and when you, go, of course, find the cat 10 feet away. The fire you, ignites. The fire has and you can't go back the and get the money. money. And so you leave with the cat. And you end up giving the cat to the judge yeah. who let you off. Which is good. Cause I, I, okay, am I imagining this? I didn't actually go back and check. Am I imagining that there was an early trailer or video thing of this where she's sitting on top of the sign there before she gets sucked into the other world and she's with the cat? I don't the know. The cat's with her. I think maybe you're mixing up a uh, trailer for Stray. No, I, I remember seeing something where, like, oh, she has this a cat with her. I it's like possible. that. Possible. I, I, because maybe they. Changed I feel it. like that was changed to her giving her because because if she got s pulled into the other world while the cat was still there, I would have spent the whole game wondering if the cat was. There. <laughs> and so, so she finds it's good that she gives it to the to the judge because then yep. I didn't have to worry about the cat. And then she finds this crazy bracelet. 
and it transports her to this fantasy world. Um, which, obviously, you have to suspense of disbelief there to get... But this is a sci-fi game, and so... That's a fantasy game. It's a fantasy game, yep. Um, There's no science in this, believe, believe me. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. <laughs> um, and she's transported this to this world called Athia, which is this high fantasy, almost Final Fantasy-like world, really. Oh, yeah. How, how, how coincidental. <laughs> Um, the bracelet is permanently attached to her wrist. She can't get it off. And she finds out that the bracelet is sentient and it can talk and it becomes sort of the narrator throughout the entire game. And she has this banter that goes back and forth with her in this bracelet who comes from this world. So she is from Brooklyn in modern times and she's transported to this world. And part of the interesting, I think, interest, most interesting part of this game is her interacting with these people who have no clue what kind of world she comes from. Like, they've never seen a cell phone before, and I like that they did it in this way, and that they didn't send her to this world, and she didn't have any of her stuff with her. Like, she, they could have teleported her there, and she's naked. Loses all her clothes, all her stuff, but they didn't. She has her cell phone. She has a little pen light. And these things become focal points in the plot, because people are like, what the F is that thing? That cell phone, like a pickpocket tries to steal it, and she's like, what is this? And she's like, it's a cell phone. And the whole game plays on this, how she's this stranger in a strange land. She's this person that comes from somewhere else with different technology, different science, different everything. And part of the big part of the plot that I found interesting for me was her interacting with these people in this crazy freaking world who have no understanding of where she comes from or what life is like where she comes from. And the writing around that is amazing. Some of the jokes in this are freaking great. Like she meets people and uses her vernacular. And then, and it's funny to watch the people then try to use it. Like she calls somebody like an MFer or something. Mm -hmm. And then one of the characters is like, oh, MFer needs blah, blah, blah. Like it is, I think it's brilliant the way that they've done it and the way that they've written it. I think the writing in this is great. I think she is amazing. Mm -hmm. She is an amazing character in a video game. Yeah, there's been some weird, so this is actually the, the scene that's being passed around on Twitter and stuff about how bad the dialogue is. It's not bad. Um, what are where, they talking about? Where she, the thing where she's like, I just move stuff with my freaking mind, like that thing. And like, first off, I don't so? see anything. Why wrong is that with bad? It. It's not because it's it's, little, it's quippy and similar. It's bantery, and apparently that's bad now because people are want to look cool because they don't like Marvel or something. <laughs> I don't know. The other thing about it. The other thing about it is like, um, uh, like is being a lot of people that push that are kind of trying to portray that as like that's how all the dialogue is, and it's not at all. Um, and in fact, like that's the when in that scene where she's like, I just moved stuff with my freaking like that bit. That's the first positive response she's had to anything in like thirty minutes of the game. Like it's it's there for contrast with how you've been seeing her behave and, and react to things for the rest of the almost the whole game. Uh, outside of her cat, her cat's the only good thing in her life at that point. And then she gets that and she reacts that way. And the contrast is important. That's why that scene is there. That's why she reacts so. Like, like, kind of over the top there is because, A, she did a, an impossible thing, but also because it's trying to demonstrate the contrast between that experience and the experiences she has every day in the rest of her life and how upset she is that she's gotten transported to this other world, but then she finds a good thing about being... Like, judging that scene out of context is stupid. Yeah. Like, it's... It it's, really it's, is it's, all, it's honestly amateur. It really to, is. To, to do that. I would argue any, any critic or journalist that you've seen ragging on this game for mm -hmm. that type of stuff i would probably stop reading or watching that yeah, journal and i don't see also like the like people to complain about how like look this game is rated m because she says fuck a lot all the like, time that's it because she's from brooklyn and that's what people in brooklyn but also say but, but also she doesn't say that she doesn't swear much in brooklyn 
Yeah. She only starts swearing when she comes here. And if you do, if you ended up in this situation and then drop some F-bombs, you're a liar or you're boring. Well, like, the one thing I would say about games in general is they never accurately represent what it would be like for this to really happen to somebody. Because let's be honest, if this really happened to someone, you would crawl into the corner of wherever you got teleported to and sit there for like hours being like, mm-hmm. what the F? But and that doesn't make well, for she almost a does, great plot well, or a she great almost video does game. that. But then Cuff says, well, you got to get you some food or you're going to die here. Like, yeah. you got to move. Like, I still feel like it's undersold because, I mean, you'd be traumatic. You'd be devil. You'd be like, what the F? Your brain would mm. break. But that's also sort of part of why she her character is who she is because she has nothing. Right, like she didn't lose. She doesn't really anything. need to go back. To anything. She wants to go back because you she know, thinks you, she wants. You don't to want back. to be stuck here, and you'd want. I'd want to get back to my cat. Right, but like, <laughs> but that's really all she has. Yeah, that's that's all all there is. Yeah, um, I might want to bring my cat here, which is why I think it's such a focal point in the game. Right. The cat, but that's also why like you make a character like that, and that gives you the advantage of like, well, she's not going to be going through this like kind of traumatic mourning of all the things she lost because she didn't lose anything. Yeah. Like she had nothing left. I think she's con- contemplating suicide on the, I, top, I would on the agree. top of that sign when she sees the. the Once she loses right all her money, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I think that's why she because she's the already cat passed away. the cat off to the yeah. judge, and she has not. I agree. Yep, it's intense. It's it's for adults. Let's be honest. Like yeah. the initial and it's parts not, of this game aren't for like twelve year olds. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's. Uh, I mean, it might be more like for seventeen year olds. Yeah, but like it's, it's it's kind of young adult fiction level stuff. But it's not. Believe me, I've been playing Fire Emblem before this, and I was real ready for some I can move stuff with my freaking mind dialogue by the time I got through all that horse shit. If you're sitting around saying this game has bad dialogue, and then you go around and praise most of the other shit we have to look at and read and hear, like horribly voice acted by people that don't even know what they're reading half the time because it's so stupid, give me a fucking break. Isn't that hilarious? I bet you if you go look at some of those critics and you look at their review for Fire Emblem, they probably completely glossed over all of that. Oh, yeah. Because that's just what they expect there to be there. That's what it is. Is. Like it's that is that is playing checkers as yeah. a critic instead of chess. Yeah, and I've, I've and seen if you a lot find of people, people like that. Stay away from yeah. them. And I don't know. Like, and I mean, obviously, it's all perspective and whatever you like. But like, um, I've seen a lot of people, especially even reviewers, talking about how they don't like Frey as a character. She's an unlikable <laughs> character. I think she's great. Look, I'll, like, look, I really, I, I identify. I mean, I don't identify her as an orphan or whatever. But like. I th- thought she felt like a very reasonable person for the most part. Now, given look, if somebody is. says that they don't like the character, I'm not going to rag on them too much because everybody is different and they come from different places and they have different mm-hmm. backgrounds. But I vehemently disagree. Like, yeah. I think she's one of the best characters I've come across in a video game in a really, really long time. Also, I you know I know this is this is like you know oh we're going to get all political about it. I think the fact that she's a black woman might have something to do with it. If this was just a random, like another random White protagonist dude, dude no one right. would fucking blink. It's you may that, be right. It's that she has assertiveness, she has an attitude, she is not into it when she gets to the world. She just wants to, she doesn't want to be the hero, she doesn't want to deal with it. Like, that's fucking square protagonist in a goddamn nutshell. Yeah. Like, no one, that's basically what the guy in Stranger of Paradise is doing, and everybody fucking thought that was genius. Like, yeah. by the way, Stranger of Paradise. I did not know this until I started reading the discourse on this game. There are people who think Stranger of Paradise is satire. There are people who think Stranger of Paradise <laughs> is self-aware irony when they have him saying all the stupid shit about uh, yeah. No. No, it's not. No, it is not. Trying to find a way out. That game is as Hilarious. stupid as it looks. Um, this game actually does know what it's doing on a level that Stranger of Paradise does not. So, Again, if you're criticizing the dialogue in this game, I better not see a praise in Stranger of Paradise. Yeah, I mean, or basically anything else Square makes, or at least this team makes. This I've been really dismayed by some of the opinions from people that I've known for a long time on this game. 
Like they just feel really lazy and like, hey, go with the flow. Like, yeah. we and got some people online who are hating on this game. I'm just gonna join the hive mind. Like, and to be clear, like it's not great. No, it's not a ten out of ten game. No, it's. I mean, don't get us wrong. Like, We're I, not saying that this is like game of the like, year material. But I like feel the need to address this because I've seen like the the presentation and the writing criticized so harshly, and I'm like. This That's is, like the best part this, of the yeah, game. Yeah, this is like above average at worst. <laughs> Easily. Like, and like, Easily above average. And like, meanwhile, it's like the combat is what's annoying. Like, the yeah. fact that everything feels like, I, I think I said this about the demo, it feels paper thin. It feels like I, I can't I can't get a handle on how the parkour works. I can't get a handle on how because far she moves. How because it sucks. Laterally, how far to move. How I can aim at that tree to do the jump off the tree. And I yeah. keep missing the tree. I, yeah. I, no matter how long I played it, even with the demo and like, probably four hours, five hours last night. Like, I cannot get my head around how the movement works and how the camera tracks the character. It's like, not it's good. so it's weird. Not good, yeah. And I kept thinking, like, why does it... And it was so frustrating, but it felt like familiar frustration. And finally, one of my friends pointed out, because it's exactly like Final Fantasy fifteen. It is. Yeah, yeah in some ways. Uh, so here's one thing. that after, When I played the demo, they just throw you into the deep end. And I never yeah. really understood how the combat worked. Yeah, that is much better when you start Way the better. And now I think the combat is way better than I thought it was after I had played the demo. Because I've now been building her the way I want her. I've picked the spells that I have. I've learned how to use the spells. I've learned just how to use the whole system in general, where the R1 and the L1, you choose the spells, and then the R2 and the L2, you actually use the spells. Like, for whatever reason, I had never really figured that out playing the demo. Playing it from the beginning, where you do everything yourself, and you choose what attacks and what abilities she has, it it does a better job of onboarding you mm. into the gameplay. And so well, the combat it, is better. Because you only have the one tree of spells right. to start with. Right. And like in the in the demo, you have two. Right. And I understand they want to kind of show you the variety in place, but I, it, it I was, was like, much. I don't know what this is. It was I too don't much. know what this means, or I don't yeah. know what works against what. Like by the time you're at the point in the game where the demo takes place, you'll know what's vulnerable to what and yeah. what each spell does and yeah. why you use it in what situation and, and all that. Like it's... It's a bad demo, but, yeah. I'll, but also I don't have a better idea. Right? I mean, I, I mean like, like you could do, you could start it where she gets sucked into the world or goes off for the first like real go out in the world quest. That might have been better, but it's also kind of dull, and it mm -hmm. only is only it's not very long, and you get sucked in a lot of cutscenes. Like it's, yeah. the the first three hours of the game are very story heavy and yeah. very cutscene heavy. Yep. And I will say that. Um, while it does not suffer from the anime grunting and the usual square nonsense of things like that, there are a lot of weirdly long pauses between lines sometimes. Yeah, where like where I'm like, there are Go, lots. So like, there are lots of dips to black in this. Where yes, they yes. say something, there's a pause. It dips to black, and then it loads then, again in the exact same thing. It's yeah. a little Sonic. Yeah, a little bit in yeah. places. Absolutely. Um, also, I was actually reminded of Sonic Frontiers playing this. A, a little bit time. like just running aimlessly a little faster than i want to go through yep. like a through a big open area like that i was reminded of i that. agree with you the parkour in this bad pretty much yeah. broken and no honestly. matter how much i upgraded it doesn't get any better it like, just nothing solved it just seems like problem. stuff becomes more automatic the more i upgrade yeah. it i do like the the con I like, I like the concept of the combat like the basic base idea is like basically infamous yeah. And that's cool. Like and I I so what I've done is I really I love turrets in video games. In every video game I ever play, I love having a turret. I love it in yeah. the division, whatever. I'm very strategic with a turret. So what I do in this game, like a lot of games that I play that have a turret, I use her turret spell, that crazy vine thing. I plan it away from me, I run away from it, it attracts the enemies, it starts mowing them down, and then I can shoot them from the side with whatever other magic I decide to use. Like, Yeah, I'm not usually a turret person, but the little plant turret in this is really good. It is really good. And, and so I've been using that throughout 
the course of the game, and I really like it. And I feel like if people don't like to play that way, they can find another way to play. Because even in the early going in this, they the spells are coming. Yeah. Like, they give it you... It is very versatile. And they also the give you spells regularly. You're constantly getting new spells, new abilities, upgrades. Um, by the time you get to the point that you got to, I think you already got all three pieces of gear. Yeah. You got the nails by then. Yeah. yeah all, the nails were a while ago. So there's three but... pieces. You get the You get the cloak. You get the necklace and you get the nails. And then the nails, it's each hand. So yeah. you paint the nails and painting the nails gives your character buffs. And you can choose one set of buffs for the left hand, one set of buffs for the right hand. But it's not overwhelming. Like, it's not one of these games where you have so much stuff to keep mm -hmm. track of that it all gets muddled together and, and gets you're like, lost. You're like, well, wait, which which is better? Which do I, you know, by the again, by the time you're at the point in the game where the demo takes place, you know whether you'd rather have attack buffs or defense. But you, yeah. you know how you play. Yeah. And they, there's both. Like, you can yeah. get attacks that will just hold people in place so you can unload on them. Yeah, the other thing that I didn't like about the demo, and I didn't like early on in this, was, like, even when you're opening treasure chests, you're like, here's one item of a crafting thing. And it's like, yeah. it was very unsatisfying. It didn't feel, and even the characters sometimes were like, well, that wasn't amazing, was it? Well, we should be grateful for what we got, kind of thing. Yeah. But then, like, you get to the crafting part, and you're like, oh, when you realize, like, what the crafting stuff does and, and like, how kind of oh, it doesn't take that much of these particular items to upgrade your healing potion capacity or your inventory capacity. And all of a sudden, like, the reward... It felt more reward... And, like, how you have to spend crafting stuff to get new nails and things. And then all of a sudden, it felt a lot... And, and to add buffs to your cloaks and stuff and necklaces, and it felt more rewarding to pick those things up because now I knew what they were used for. And now I recognize if I get, like, a nugget or a feather, yeah. like, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, yeah. Um. So, like, it was fun... It, again, like... I'm not saying it's amazing and you should go out and spend $90 on the collector right. edition <laughs> the or collector's whatever. Edition, yeah. But I will say that if the demo was underwhelming to you, um, the game's better. Don't, yeah, don't super judge it that way because yeah. I think that was a poor. I see what they were doing and I see why they made the choices they did, but I do not think they were the right choices. Yep. Um, talking about Matt, how Matt mentioned earlier, the game starts out like really dour and even borderline depressing at times. There's a scene in this, Matt, that almost made me cry. Mm hmm. It, it, my wife, who isn't even playing the game, walked in while the scene was happening, and she almost cried. I can't remember the last time well I played presented. a video game that almost made me cry. In fact, I don't think a game has actually ever made me cry. No, it has not. No, this has never happened to me. But but this is maybe the closest it ever came. It's, it's, I was like, well damn. <laughs> like, and I don't want to spoil anything, but if you play it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about when you get to that point. What, but, the, yeah, there's a scene in this where... I mean, it shows you how well they've developed a character, even though it was in a very short period of time that you're actually around that character. When that character dies, it hurts. Like, I don't know. I almost felt like reading some of these reviews. I'm like, did we play? The, and I hate to say this because it's so cliche, but like, did we play the same game? Yeah. Like, it really does make me wonder. Like, are people were just tuning out some of the stuff? I don't know. But yeah, I really don't know. I, and I again, we're not saying that this game should be a nine or a 10 no. or anything like that. But it just feels like it's getting... And maybe in a world where things were like judged a little more harshly, maybe you would say a little more reasonably mm -hmm. overall, it would be reasonable to consider this game on that scale. But it's not. It's right. like all of a sudden everybody decided to be honest about this. Right shit. now, all of a sudden everyone decided to use the five points or the ten you point use scale. The ten point scale all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's not the cat controllers. Then the cat does not die. I'll, no, just, I'll tell you that right now. Fine. It's not the cat. 
<laughs> There's also like some, you know, I, I have little nitpicks about some of the presets. Like, I like that she's an animal person. She loves animals. Yeah. She loves cats, especially. There's cats in the game. In the new or in the fantasy world, you chase yeah. around to find you chase them. things. Yeah, and they, they um, lead you to items. And you can pet them, unlike Fire Emblem. Yeah. Um, there are cats in that, too. But, like, yeah. But yeah, that yeah, it's, it's I like that. But there's like then there's a moment where like there's this guy showing you around the town, and he's like, "You like animals?" And she's like, "I guess they're all right." I'm like, "Guess they're all right." You lo- like <laughs> you love you love animals. Like the, yeah. like the that's one scene everybody's making fun of that starts because she sees the back of this monster fox and is like, "Oh hey buddy, come on." Right. I'm like. That thing's as big as you. Like only yeah. an animal lover would do something that stupid. <laughs> that's I would funny. do that with a mountain. Like you know, I've, I've always wondered if P, you know, that P twenty two mountain lion that died. Everybody like was hanging around Echo Park and Silver yeah. Lake and stuff. And sometimes people would find him on their porch. Yeah, and they wouldn't be able to go in their house until he decided. Right. To leave. I'm like, if I if that happened to me, would I like be smart and walk away? Or would I be like, hi? Would I start talking to him like a fucking? Yeah. Cat? Like, I, I I really don't know what my reaction to that would be. I am honestly that dumb when it comes to animals. Yep. Um, so I would say, I would I wouldn't say the missions are great. The main no. missions they're okay. Um, they get you there. They get you there. The side missions <laughs> the, I've been pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, side missions I like like the de- they call them detours, and I actually do like even the detours that are in town and are like just like interacting with people and doing random things. Like I think they're, like, they're they do a good job of making sure the side content like illuminates the world somehow. Like, yeah, like, like teaches you something about how the world works or how the people work, mm-hmm. um, which I like. Um, I just have been shocked at the variety. Like, I am yeah. still seeing new types of side missions after all the time I spent between the demo and now the main, the base game, the real game. I still keep coming across new mission types, new things out in the open yeah. world. And there's a lot of like I, I there's just stuff. The open world is just loaded with stuff. It wasn't until right before I went to bed that I realized there was a way to zoom the map further out to see the uh, whole world. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, this game's it's a big. big game. Yeah, like there's a lot in there. And I do wonder. There's a reason if, you move as fast as you do. And I do wonder if I get to hour forty or fifty, if my opinion's going to change. I, oh, for sure. But I'm going to keep playing this because I like this game a lot and I am enjoying it. Yeah, so, it's like you can build stuff. Yeah. And like you could like there's weird slide puzzle locks and yeah. like there's a, yeah they put everything they could think of in this thing. There's, I mean, and I'm still I mean, seeing will, new stuff all the time. I will say it, it, this all didn't come together tremendously well, but like it's not for lack of effort. It's you not can for lack see of the vision. Yeah, for but sure. you're right. The execution is and, not. And I bet flawless. I bet a Forspoken two would be amazing. I agree. I don't but know if it'll get a chance though. I don't think no, it'll no, ever there's happen. No, the Square's going to do that thing where they expected this to sell like twenty million copies on day one, and we're never going to see this again. It sucks because this character should go on. Yeah, for, I would. I would. I would like to see more of. I'd like to see this tackled further. Like this is the closest the Final Fantasy fifteen team has gotten to making a good, a game decent game in yeah. ever, and like. Like I, I like what they're after. I Me really too. like what they're after. Yeah. Like, I've, I, Matt, I've never played a game like this. Ever. No, it's different. There's no plot in a game like this ever. Yeah. Also, this is there's this no is character exact, in a game like this. This is what, ever. exactly what people keep fucking whining about. Oh yeah, everything's the same. Like, everything's the same. There's no innovation. There's no new IPs. <laughs> there's, no, there's a new IP trying to do something different and weird and taking some risks in places and not quite sticking the landing. But like, it, it, they did it. Like, yeah. This is what you're fucking asking for. It's not going to be it, if someone is trying to come up with something out of whole cloth like this and trying to make something that that kind of switches the gears a little bit on the standard open world standard kind of fantasy setting thing. Yeah, it's not all going to work right the first time. You can't expect Breath of the Wild out of the gate from these things. Like the first game's going to same with like Horizon. Horizon was not perfect. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Matt. Playing this and thinking about Breath of the Wild, the game that 
is the game of forever the perfect 10 game i don't know man i think this holds up pretty well against breath of the wild Just your spells don't break i mean <laughs> i don't know uh, I mean, do I think that, that like, I'm going to end up at the end of the year, I'm going to be putting this above Tears of the Kingdom? Probably not. I hope not. But I like, hope not. But it, it's going to need to improve over Breath of the Wild a lot. And it's I'll gonna, say that much. That's true. And it's going to, like, I do think this game's going to be forgotten by the end of the year. Like, you know, no forgotten one, instead of forspoken. Forgot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no one's going to remember this. Because, again, yeah. as we will see, the game, the year is so packed, assuming everything comes out or most mm -hmm. of it comes out. You're it, about to see the so avalanche. It's about to with come. With such incredible stuff that there's no way that, they, like, this is this is an, a mediocre to above average game in the end. Like This game really needed package. to come out last year. Um, this would have been a great game last uh -huh. year. If I could have gotten this, like, when was this supposed to come out last year? Like October? I don't even remember anymore. This like would have been an amazing game right around that time. Yeah. Like right in that month before God of War, yep. I think it would have cleaned up. And the other thing I would say to what Matt was talking about, like, again, we're about to blow out third-party games for you guys for this year, and the competition is stiff. So there may be people sitting there saying, wow, what Chain and Matt are saying about this game is different from what I've read about it and seen everywhere else. At the same time, we're still not telling you to, like, go and buy it because if you're a person who's, who says... You know, I can, I budget and I'm, I give myself five games a year that I can buy or mm -hmm. something. I would not buy this game. No, I can't tell you what, like, you know, I would normally kind of be like, oh, this is a good, like $30, $40 purchase. And it is, but like mm -hmm. by the time this is thirty or forty dollars, there's gonna be like seven other better games to buy. Yeah. Because this and year, like, the competition this yeah, year the, is just ruthless. It, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see I mean, everybody's Horizon Forbidden West this year. Yeah, because something amazing is coming out like a week after everything. It is. Yeah. Like if you're not Zelda or Spider Man, you're gonna your your work's cut out for you. Maybe not Starfield, but we'll see when that comes out. It is a shame though, because here's the thing: like you know, two years from now. We hit a slow point. We have another 2022. Yeah. People are not going to go back and play this game because no. of the aggregates but, and the reviews that are but out they there. Might, I, mean, I will say there might be, I think there will probably be like a two years from now, I think there'll be a thing where this thing drops in price to like impulse buy level on, during sales. It'll be, you know, one of those things like, oh, it's 15 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And I think you'll see a little renaissance of like, oh, this is actually all right. Like, I'm glad I didn't pay more than that for it. But yeah. I, like, oh, this or guy. Or like, it ends up on like PlayStation Plus as a freebie yeah, or something like, like that. I, I just I do feel like there will be a time when people like kind of rediscover this and realize it's like oh this wasn't this wasn't the abomination that yeah. that Twitter wanted to make it out to be it's just we should have mentioned also this is a PS5 exclusive for consoles and it's also available for PC on PC yeah yep. and by the way the PC requirements are ridiculous I would like, also argue that a game built just for the PS5 it should probably look better yeah I mean. I think it looks pretty good most yeah. of the time. Um, I do think it's not ugly, but I mean no, you can, you're I, watching the B-roll. The, the so. intricacy of of the environments and the, and the and the and the models and the, I think that's all really good. The problem I think is it's boring to look at because it's gray and beige, like it's gray and brown. The whole ga the game has almost no color in it outside of the UI and like some of her cloaks. Like I think I I would have loved if the game you know because you're the, the, part of the premise is that like this thing called the break mm -hmm. is like infecting the whole fantasy world and that's what's creating the weird monsters and zombies and stuff and she's the only one who can survive in it for any length of period length of time because she has cuff on um by the way a lot of people don't seem to be getting the the mean because like, he wants to be called van brace right <laughs> uh, and like she yep. refused to call him anything but cuff yeah and i was like how come she's so mean to cuff? because this is the th i think second or third time in the game or even early on she's had handcuffs on right yeah like cuff is her, rep, her she keeps getting arrested yeah. Cuff, yeah cuff is referring to the fact that she's constantly being trapped she even got arrested in athia as soon as she gets there she gets yeah. arrested 
it's hilarious. She can't escape the popo no matter where she goes. Yeah. Like that that's <laughs> funny. That's very much like a part of the character and she's calling him cuff because she's he's another thing she's trapped by. Yeah. I think um, ultimately this game is gonna deserve better than it's gonna get I in a number of ways. But, but like it's in so yeah, like I think gameplay and i've seen like some high level videos of people doing like the end game combat and it's like yeah you can pull off some amazing stuff but i'm never gonna like get there i'm never gonna <laughs> grapple with the frustrating <laughs> controls and and yeah. kind of camera work to the point i mean maybe they i mean final fantasy 15 to get a lot of upgrades and fixes on it maybe they'll they'll, they'll tweak it as time goes on because the camera real the camera does not follow her properly yeah like especially at high speeds and during combat i don't know what could be done to change it but like even well, get rid- like- i would just get rid of the parkour and just give her like a mount or something like I, th- there's really no need for the parkour in this i think the parkour is a good idea i just don't think it works very well like yeah. I, it needs to be i need to be able it's to awkward I mean, it needs to be more reliable in the way that the horse in elden ring is like they're do what they're doing with the parkour is essentially what the horse in Elden Ring does. It's like it moves mm-hmm. you fast. Yeah. It can jump over just about anything. And if you do it well enough in certain areas, you can get to places you might not need supposed to be able to go to, and you can get special stuff. Yeah. But like, just it, again, it, just give her a mount. It's like the That's no, all. no. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Really? I, I think You'd rather I, have the parkour? Absolutely, because wow. it's her magic. Yeah. Because it's her something she's doing. I get um, that, but but like for practicality but, purposes, no, I, no, no, you could absolutely make this work. You could absolutely make this work the across cam- all that terrain. Yes, the camera just doesn't. The camera's just not smart enough for. it. I think the problem is, is it would take like eight years to program it across the terrain to make I, it work I, on every little crag well, and it rock. Need to work and, perfectly, but my problem is not necessarily that it doesn't work perfectly when I'm going up a weird crag cliff surface. My problem is it doesn't work when I'm running across straight flat right. ground. Right. I mean, you're, like yeah. that's the problem. They should have put more work into it, no matter what. Oh, for sure like yeah. the, but you could make this workable in a way that doesn't annoy me i mean it wouldn't mm-hmm. be perfect but it wouldn't make me constantly dread hitting the circle button yeah you know, which i do like i and then this town she can't do it and she moves too slow anyways but like it's like <laughs> yeah it's weird the, how they turn everything off the when you traversal get into the town. in this should be better than it is agreed. on a number of levels. across the board yep, yeah agreed um so anyway that's for spoken again it is a ps5 console exclusive for now i'm guessing when it tanks they'll end up putting it out on other consoles to try to recoup their investment. Hey, on I don't it. think there's anything that implies this would, won't come to Xbox eventually. And when it, if it does, I bet there will be like a, it'll be a extra edition that also includes an update to the existing versions that put a bunch of new stuff and fixes yeah. in it. There's, there's new DLC coming in, in, I think April. Yeah. Um, People will say, you know, I've already seen in the chat, I heard you say it like this game's going to be forgotten. It won't be forgotten by me. Because this game literally is the closest that I've ever come to crying playing a video game. I will always remember that. It'll be a question that I'll be asked probably until the day I die. Has a game ever made you cry? And this is the game that I'm going to be pulling up for the rest of my life. Unless something else comes along, obviously, where that does make me cry. But, like, again, this, there's a scene in this that really got me. And got my wife, who hadn't even been playing the game. She, like, her voice cracked. She's like, is she dead? And her voice cracked. And I was like, okay, it's not just me. Like, mm-hmm. this scene is freaking intense. So, yeah, it, um, I will remember this game. I realize a lot of people won't. People who haven't played it probably won't. Um, and it's a shame. And I think a lot of people are just flat out wrong in this game. Uh, we're not saying, again, that it's a 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 or anything like that. But I do wholeheartedly believe it deserves better than it's mm-hmm. got as far as its aggregate. It's just concerned. one of those games for some reason a lot of reviewers just decided to be real straightforward about it yeah. maybe maybe because it doesn't have any fans yet maybe because you know you're, you're not worried about, you know, it's like this isn't like panning final fantasy 16 right you're not going to get death threats from people right who are been forespoken fans their whole lives that doesn't, <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing true. so yeah. maybe it's easier to to be 
you know, there's a world in which, you know, when the whole 10 point scale is used more often, because that's one of the things is I've watched some videos of some reviews of this on YouTube and, and read some stuff. And like, I read the review and it feels like, okay, they're, they they don't hate it, but they don't think it's very good. And they don't think it's like really coming together. We got all the stuff, same stuff I said. Like, okay, so we're going to give it like a seven out of 10 or like mm -hmm. a three out of five. And they give it like a four. No. Or a three, and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's insane! Like, that is insane. Anybody who gives this game a four out of ten never read their reviews. Like in a world ever where, in again. a world where we use the ten point scale f to its full extent, and five really is considered average. Then this is a then six that would point be a, five. That would be seven. more around that. Yeah. But like, but people can never handle using the full ten no. point scale. Oh, they no. can't. Well, because, we tried to do it when we launched Sifted, and people lost their no. minds. Well, I could sit there explaining it for an hour. They didn't care. They're like, you gave it a five. Everyone else gave it a seven. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. It's that's just the way people are. Because that's just how the that's how the reviewing scale works. Because it came up in a in, a, in an industry and in a hobby that was mostly participated in by children, mm -hmm. and we thought of the you know the percentage percentile scale as grades. Yeah. If you got if you drop below seventy percent, you failed. You fail. Yeah. I don't care that a D isn't technically failing. If you're below seventy percent, you're in trouble. You're in deep crap. And yeah. that's what the you're reviews, not going to hit. And that's what the to play scale became. That was not do. a thing yeah. with movie reviews. No. That, but it became that with game reviews because we all were young enough that we thought of it as that's rating. how it worked. Yeah. And you'll never get away from that now. Yeah. Ever. It's like, impossible. As long as below, IGN continues to do it. Anything below a seven is trash, and that's how yeah. game reviews are always <laughs> going to be. That's yep. all there is to it. Uh, a million miles away. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, so anyway, that's Forspoken. We may talk about it again next week, um, as I, I'm i pretty far along. Um, I'm guessing I'm not that far away from finishing it, or at least getting to like the final act of the game. Uh, so if my opinion changed drastically as I get to that final act, we'll definitely discuss it next week. Um, and Matt, do you think you're going to keep playing? Yeah, I'll keep playing. Yeah. What else am I going to play? Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll talk about a game here in a little bit. There's some you, stuff coming you up. You could keep playing. Yeah. And then there's a big game that launches next week that you might want to play. What's the Dead that? Space remake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you'll get through that, that in eight hours. Get through that pretty fast and then Not very long. move yep. back. To, I'll, come, I'll be coming back to Forspoken, I think, until unless I hit a point where I just don't care anymore. You may feel that way because, again, next we're going to preview third parties for 2023, and it is heavy. It like, is. But from like, the gate. From but the it's jump. also, I can definitely see, I mean, I'm not at the point where I feel like the, the game is done subjecting me to, like, long cutscenes. I feel like I feel like one of the reasons the demo takes place where it takes place is because I think that's, it's, it seems like it's after the first big boss like major boss because mm -hmm. you've got her magic yeah. at that point so clearly you've beaten her yeah and i think that's probably the point where the first time it really opens up and says go run around the world and do whatever the hell you want mm -hmm. and don't worry about whatever story thing's gonna pop up um so i can see why you put the demo there but there once you get there i can totally see me putting on a podcast and turning the subtitles on and turning the sound down and just like open worlding it for a Going while through it. Yep. Um, because I do like to do that and there's so much variety in this open world yeah. as well and so. since Ubisoft seems to have stopped making games I don't have anything <laughs> to do that with anymore it sure does seem like it stopped making games it just one we talked about it last week but then there was other stories this past week about Ubisoft that again it just it I don't know what's going on over there it's insane so anyway there you go that's Forspoken again right now PS Five and PC only. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing by the end of the and year. Be aware that on PC the, the requirements are very high. Yeah, like you need a, a beefy rig. Yeah, yep. like even my like I think my requirements for ultra settings are like almost forty ninety. Wow, like it's it's holy way holy up man. there. Wow. Okay, um, 
So some of you guys with PCs may not be able to play it at all when it all comes down to yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I haven't played it on because it didn't go live on PC until like a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I did get it for PC as well. Yeah, just because I want to see it on my new computer. But like, I'm curious because like the 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 one game the 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 PS5 version like it runs pretty well. I'm running playing on quality settings and it runs pretty well. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get past the fact that it's just all brown and beige. Because uh, the world is very boring to look at, I think. Um, I wish there was a, more of an Akami style, like kind of re- once you get the break out of an area, it restores it and it's all uh, amazing and fantasy looking. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Um, but there's also a lot of fog everywhere. And I know the break is supposed to be fog to some degree, so that's kind of the. But it feels like you made that be a thing because you needed to fog the distance a fair That amount. would be insane. And like, because they it, really did it. Because so- there's not. And I, I actually, Vic Lucas says this in his review that like, there's not. There's no, like, grand vistas, really, like in Horizon Forbidden West. Like, you don't ever get to see to the horizon and be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. You, it's always just very shrouded and cloudy and, and foggy. And, like, like I really feel like, it, I mean, it's probably a technical limitation. I think you're running into that. But I'm curious on the PC if that, if that is better. Yeah, if there's I less doubt fogging. it. I probably guess it's not. the same. Yep. I, I can't imagine that anything with requirements that high that is also PS5 only is really holding itself back too much. Yeah. But we'll see. Yep. So there you go. That's Forspoken for PC and PlayStation 5. And now, people, it's time for what I've been teasing since we started the stream. It is time for a massive third-party 2023 preview. Now, I'll just show you my notes here for this topic alone. <laughs> Here you go. Literally, like, 80 or 90 games. So, we're not going to spend a lot of time on each one of these. We're going to get through them like machine gun fire. And I know typically we spend a lot of time, but we'll never get through the show. Because we also have another game to talk about, another topic after this. Um, So, I think maybe at this point you guys may prefer that we go through these a little faster. Because, man, our Xbox preview last week was like 90 minutes long or something. Actually, people seem to be really enjoying that on youtube right now which is maybe it's good so Mm. we're gonna cut a little bit shorter just because there's no way we'll get through this show if we don't so if you feel like we shorted one of the games that you're really excited about don't take it personally um we just there's just so much to get through but i think when we get done with this you're gonna be like hot damn i need to save some money because there is just so many games coming out here and in honestly the first six months of the year is kind of crazy um so obviously we're in January. We have Forspoken that came out today. And as I just mentioned, the Dead Space remake comes out next week. We will be talking about that. We should be talking about that on um, Game Face next Tuesday. Um, EA, I believe, is sending me review code. And I should be able to get that in the next day or two. Um, and again, the game isn't that long. So even if you got it at midnight or whatever, like you should be able to get through almost half of the game by the time we come in and talk about it. Uh, so we'll talk about Dead Space next week. So we're not going to belabor that point. But from that point forward, the next big release is Matt, one that's near and dear to your heart, and that is Hogwarts Legacy on February 10th. It's coming to all platforms, including Switch. Are you surprised that they're gonna somehow get this game to work on Switch? I don't know, is that a cloud thing? Maybe, it it has to be. I can't see them cramming this I can't either, I don't know how they'd ever make it run on Switch. Um, But it is right now currently scheduled to come out on Switch. It is the Harry Potter game that we've all been waiting for. And Matt, I would add also, Forspoken has a little bit of Harry Potter in it. Do you get that yeah, vibe? There's a little bit. There's yeah. A, I mean, there's a little bit of being whisked away to to another world and like a, but, but where you're learning but magic. But and... it's but there's less. Um, 
there's less status quo preservation. Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, Harry Potter would have just joined the evil sorceress and said, <laughs> there must be a way to work this out. Um, whereas, whereas, like, yeah. uh, you know, the the... Because it's a problem with Voldemort is he's trying to buck the system and change things. That's bad in Harry Potter. Uh, Vincent is telling us that um, previous gen versions, including Switch, aren't coming out till February. So mm. PS4 and Xbox One are April, and then Switch is June or July. Okay. So they're going to be a little bit delayed. So basically, on February 10th... Similar to what happened with uh, Mar Midnight Suns. Yeah, actually it is. Um, so on February 10th, you'll be able to buy this for Xbox Series, PS5, and PC. Which probably is smart. You want to put your best foot forward before this game goes out there. And it's like, if you put out like a crappy, as we saw with Cyberpunk 2077, you put out a crappy PS4 or Xbox One mm -hmm. version, it could taint the entire product and really doom it, in all honesty. <laughs> and, it's, and it's tainted enough as it is. <laughs> You're right. Um, Matt, I think you've made it cl very clear that you have no interest in supporting this game in any way, shape, or form, and I totally respect your there's, opinion on there's that. There's a lot of other games worth playing coming out other than this that do not support a weirdo. There are. And so I'm going to jump on this grenade, and I'll be the one playing it for Game Face. If, uh, I, can find, like, I, if I can find a used copy like that early, mm -hmm. I'll I'll, I will. because My whole thing is I don't want money going to J.K. Rowling. Okay. That's it. Again, um, I totally respect your opinion but on that. Like, so. so otherwise, yeah. Like, well, If I can find... If someone happens to sell a copy back the day it comes out, I'll think about it. But otherwise, I don't think... You're, you're, you're already got my recommendation. Play something else. Yep. This is the open-world action RPG set in the Harry Potter universe everyone lifted. has been waiting their entire lives for. Yeah. It's I such mean, a I, shame that it's ended I up like it. this. For sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, this is... This, again... Why did they not make this game first? I don't know. Like, why did... I mean, there was... I why mean, did it take it so long? It wouldn't look this good. Yeah. But you could have made this game in 2004. You could have made it when, after GTA done. 3 came out. Yeah. You could have done... You <laughs> there it done is. It. There's your template. Like... But we had to wait all this time, this like is the 20 most, years. I, mean, I know you wanted to do the, the licensed tie-in games for all the movies, but like this is the most no-brainer fucking it Harry is. Potter game. Yeah. Create The your people who have sat on this license made huge mistakes. Create your student <laughs> and go to Hogwarts. That's the whole fantasy. It is. Like, that's, it's, yep. I don't know why it's taken so long, but the game... Like, if you could have made this game before J.K. Rowling outed herself as a bigoted weirdo, like, you would have made more money than God. You could count, yeah. Like, it would have been unbelievable. Like, this I is still think it's going to do pretty well. I think it will, for sure. Yeah. Like, most people don't care. Don't eat or don't know. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um... A lot of people buy it anyway because, you know, their kids want it. I mean, it look at it. You can't, you're not going <laughs> like, to explain that to it a kid. It looks, looks the good. Thing, the one thing I will say is it was on uh, IGN's top 10 uh, most anticipated games. They're, they're voted you know voted on by the, the readers. Mm -hmm. uh, number one was Spider-Man. Really? It beat Zelda. Wow. Like, interesting. So there you go. Wow. Like, that's that's told a you. shocker. I told you. But the whole, top 10, I mean, it's top 10. is really solid. This is, I think, number five. Uh -huh. It's the only game on the list that I think has a less than less than stellar track record developer yeah everyone else is like oh yeah people making those are like fucking geniuses i mean that's yeah. why it made me nervous about our fantasy draft because this, the developer yeah, this of is, this really has no track record for making games like this at all no um <laughs> but not that they've gotten a chance right so and, you know, I mean, you know, i'm never going to be someone who says like oh don't let these developers yeah. i mean rockstar north didn't have any experience before it sure. made grand theft auto 3 either so sure so like maybe um and uh, but again like the, and also like I'm not a fan of the story in this game. I think it's. I think, you know, the go putting down the Goblin Rebellion because their blood, you know, the Jewish stereotype banking banking clan is like blood libeling children is one hell of a choice mm -hmm. for your for your story here. Um, 
I realize most people do not connect the goblin, like, Jewish stereotype thing tremendously, but, like, that is actually a folklore, like, histor historical thing. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, and, like, I don't understand. Like, of all the things to pick, that's a certainly coincidental. Um, also, it goes back to my point about how Harry Potter is about preserving the status quo. Anyone who tries to change the system in Harry Potter is the bad guy. Con contrast that with Forspoken, and most, you know, fantasy, power fantasy, or anything, like... The first thing Frey does when she gets invested in the world of Athia is she's like, I'm tearing it all down. Yeah. And putting something up that's more just. Yeah. That is not what happens in Harry Potter. No, you're and right. And that was one of the weird <laughs> that's one of the weirdest things about it. Yeah. Is that that is never a thing. Harry Potter becomes a cop at the end of the series. That is not normal fantasy stuff. People are asking what she has to do with the game. Uh, JJ Force Breaker. What does she have to do with the game? Well, money She gets money from it. She gets paid anything Harry Potter, she makes money off of it. Yeah. It's, she created it. It's so a double, she gets royalties it's, it's a double whammy if she gets royalties for the sales of this game. And she has very explicitly said that if you buy Harry Potter related stuff, she takes that as you implicitly supporting her viewpoints. Oh, boy. If she hadn't said she that. She should have never the said plausible, that. Well, she, that's, she very, very firmly believes in her bigoted bullshit. Wow. She very much that's pathetic. And so do a lot of the people that, that are also, all, all the turfs I've run into are like that. Yeah. But like. If she had not said that, you'd have a lot more plausible deniability. If you if it came to like, well, it's just a little, it's, like, it's kind of you know. I know a lot of people that are very uh, you know trans positive, trans alec, trans people themselves who love to go to the Harry Potter world at Universal. Yeah, and you know you kind of because it's amazing. Because amazing, <laughs> it really is. It is, and Butterbeer is great. Yeah, I was there this weekend. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. Not for that. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk, why you were there next week we'll on talk the show. About what I was there for next week, but yep. like. Um, you know, but but like when she says something like that, you can't, there's no way around it. Like you know, and I don't care. I mean, I'm not going to try to argue with somebody to convince them not to buy the game if they don't care about that. You either care about it or you don't. But I do, and I'm not. I'm not I, I, there's no way around it for me. And I respect that a million percent. So um, it's going to be interesting to watch how this game does and what mm -hmm. the reaction is going to be like and all the periphery around it. Uh, but it does come out on February 10th, and it is. I'm launching. very curious if it's any good. Yeah, like it's. It looks Again, nice. I mean, watching this trailer, like, it should have been a top three pick in our draft, but it wasn't. No. And, <laughs> and look, that's because I, the studio, we look, don't know. Even with all, even with all the, the trans stuff and the and the J.K. Rowling elements and the, the story with all the, the weird shit with the rebellions and the and the, the Jewish stereotype goblin thing, um, like, even with if all that wasn't in play, I would still be a little skeptical about this one. Oh, yeah. Because just because of, of the developer. Yeah. yeah not to, I don't try to dis Avalanche or anything, but it's just out of their wheelhouse yeah. and I'm not sure yet <laughs> I mean I, just, I think that's completely rational I don't think there's anything irrational about that uh, so there you go this Hogwarts Legacy coming out on February 10th next up a game called Wild Hearts coming out February 17th it is coming to PS5 Xbox Series X and PC again it's nice to see even third parties turning the page here All in right, 2023 this, this is a EA's answer to Monster, Monster Hunter, Hunter. Yeah. it's an all new IP where players hunt monsters and craft across fantastical Semi-open worlds inspired by feudal Japan. Um, EA has partnered with Omega Force for this game, which is the studio that usually makes all the Musou games for Koei Tecmo. It is a hack-and-slash developer by trade, generally. Um, any reservations about this, again, because of the developer actually making the game, Matt? I don't know who's making the game. Omega Force. Omega Force. Yeah. 
I, my own, I don't know. I mean, I don't like Monster Hunter games. Uh, neither one um, of us do. I mean, this is the podcast that doesn't. I guess. I guess the one thing I will <laughs> say that at least with Omega Force is making it, there's a chance the combat will be a little fucking faster for a change. That's my main thing. Is like I, I think the combat the in those slow, games slow, clunky, slow. And I mean, some would say deliberate. I would say annoying. Well, you can get classes now that are really fast, but it looks ridiculous. Yeah, it, it does. Like this the is, camera can never keep not up. A, this is not a thing I'm interested. In. I don't. I don't I, I'm. Not, I don't like hunting. I don't like the hunting thing. I yeah. don't like the the tracking go, go, and the go, throwing I mean, the bait. But and, I do like that. I do like that kind of thing. I don't like. There's a tone to like what at least Monster Hunter, where it's like go kill these animals and do anything to you. Mm -hmm. Like it's one thing. If, it looks like this is more like these things are making trying the world to kill unsafe, yeah, and yeah. we need to go deal with them. Yeah. Whereas Monster Hunter, especially in World, really became like. We don't belong in this land, and we've come here. Go hunt down this fucking yeah. dinosaur and yeah. watch it limp away from you and find <laughs> it. Really I'm like, I was like, no. After that, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, yeah. this isn't fun to me. Like, yeah. I, like, like tone matters to me. I, I just, I also feel like the gameplay and the franchise is no, great. I don't, I don't I like feel it. Disconnect, I, disconnected from the there combat. There is something appealing about the treadmill that they've created about those games that I feel like I should be able to get into if I could ever find the right game that has the gameplay and the tone that I do like. I don't think this is it. Yeah. But like, I am kind of always on the lookout for the Monster Hunter clone that will find. I guess maybe Dragon's Dogma was that in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't. I I still haven't found what I'm looking for, as Bono said <laughs> about a very different subject. Yes. <laughs> uh, next up, this is a game I think you guys should all keep an eye on. It is coming out on the 21st. Oh, this thing. It yeah. is called Atomic Heart. Right, yeah. I, I, I mentioned this a couple times, and I always forget about it after, after I mention it. I think this could end up being one of the sleeper hits of 2023. I almost yeah, this, drafted it with my last pick in our draft. This was a very early next-gen like, reveal, wasn't it? Like, it was, this, this yeah. It's been ago. in development for a while. It was supposed to come out last year. Now it's been delayed. Again, coming out on the 21st. It's a Bioshock-like first-person yeah. shooter set in an alternate history during the height of the Soviet Union. Again, one of those games, there's never been another game like it before. There may never be another game like it afterwards. Like the closest would probably be like Singularity. Yeah, but I that guess doesn't, so. That didn't really... Clearly, this is a bigger scope thing than this Singularity This game is bonkers. Was. Like, just watch this trailer and all the crazy stuff that you see in like two minutes in this game. Like, first of all, Soviet what? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It's really set in the height of the Soviet Union. There's a couple scenes where you kind of get that vibe, but for the most part, you don't. Um, this is coming from a smaller developer and publisher that gives me a little bit of concern, but cause if this was coming from like a big boy, I'd be all over it. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of concern. This could be kind of like a, a, have a little bit of Euro jank going on with it. But what I've seen in this game so far looks awesome. The previews of it so far have been yeah, glowing. It, look, it looks like, um, it looks like Bioshock meets Metro 2033. A little bit. Like that's a good way to put it. Yep. Which is a good thing yeah and there's a little there's a little bit of near in there yeah like this the, the robot designs remind me of near a little bit a little, little they're, they're obviously not as friendly as the little little bulbous headed things this is one to keep an eye on though in fact I, if you're a sifter i would go to sifted.net right now and just go to the atomic heart gameplay uh, game page and click the little gear next to the title and follow it and that yeah, way you'll the, get updates to everything yeah, I think that this we, is another one of those for. examples of like this is what you're asking for this yeah. is a new ip Support it's it. a new idea it's it doesn't it, look like anything else it looks effing cool yeah i'm i'm all over this so again that's atomic heart coming out on the 21st it is coming to everything but switch and mobile so you better get this on pretty much every platform um, I think it looks awesome. I'm excited for it. Some reservations, but uh, I'm really excited to play it, and I can't wait. Again, it's coming out on February 
first. Next up, Like a Dragon Ishin. It's a rework of a Yakuza game that was never released in the West from 2014. People have wanted this game to come out for a really long time. Um, I will say this. It does kind of go back to the traditional idea of the Yakuza games. Because now, yeah. the Like a Dragon games are like turn-based RPGs. This one goes back yeah, to the is, old this style. This is the old one. And it's actually a, it's kind of a follow-up to the other one that never came here. Right. Kenzon. Yeah, it is. Um, this is one of my alternates on my fantasy team. I think it's pretty a pretty safe bet it's going to get a decent score. Um, and again, if you're kind of upset that Yakuza's kind of changed from what it used to be, this is a throwback. This is a hack and slash kind of open world action adventure instead of a turn-based mm-hmm. RPG. So if you're a fan of the old school Yakuza games, this is definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, and I believe, yeah, this is coming to every platform but Switch. And it also comes out on the 21st. So you have this game and Atomic Heart on February 21st. Um, the other cool thing about this is it gives you multiple fighting disciplines to choose from. I think there's three or four different fighting styles that you can choose from to play this from play this game from. Um, so, yeah, again, if you're a fan of the older Yakuza games, I think this is one that you should keep an eye on. Next up, Company of Heroes 3. It's coming out on the 23rd. This is next-gen only, kind of surprisingly, I think. No, I don't think so. No? I mean, it is gorgeous. Heroes has always been pretty uh, cutting-edge. It has always pushed the envelope graphically, for sure, for this genre. No doubt about it. Um, so it is PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. It comes out on the 23rd. I can tell you, having gone through all the games coming out this year, there aren't a lot of games like this releasing in 2023. No, well, so, there never are anymore. There but, aren't, but usually Real there's Tram- like three or four. Some, but remember when Real Time Strategy was like the one of the pillars of PC gaming? Oh, yeah. The pillar. I mean, one of three pillars, probably. It was that and MMOs. Yeah, well, MMOs and shooters. First-person shooters. Yeah. Yep. MMOs were later, but... yeah. Um, and it's, to Matt's point, these games generally really push the envelope on this genre. And I mean, look at it. It looks like it's going to do it again. Look, you can zoom in on those characters yeah. and they look like they're from a normal action yeah, game. Company of Heroes always has been like, you could you could just do a third person over the shoulder action game in the, of the time. Yeah. Uh, also, I learned that uh, Company of Heroes 1 runs terribly on my machine. Really? There's something about it. Like, it, 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 I barely get 20 frames a second. <laughs> it's astounding. That's hilarious. And I looked up it on Discord. They're like, yeah, something's wrong with how this works. You can't even brute force some, it. Yeah, it, like, there's a bunch of weird things you do to try to fix it. But basically, like, if you try to run it on Ultra, yeah. like, it just won't work right. Yeah. And this comes out for PC first, and then it consoles later. Yeah. But again, this the consoles... Is, um, for those wondering, this is Africa. This is the African campaign yep. in World War II. So the first one was European, and the second one was Eastern Front, and this one is now uh, the African campaigns. Which was the second one was the one where you start in the snow, right? Yeah, the second one was was Russia. Yeah, it was the Eastern Front stuff. Yep. Uh, so anyway, Company Heroes Three again. That's the twenty third PC only, and then the PS Five and Xbox Series versions come a little later. Next up, another game that's really been birthed on the PC: Kerbal Space Program Two. Many years late. But. Yep, many years. It's been delayed a couple times. It is coming out on the 24th. It is PC only at launch with console versions to follow, just like Company of Heroes 3. Kerbal Space Program, the first game, became kind of like this indie smash mm-hmm. hit out of nowhere. It sold millions and millions of copies. Um, people have waited a long time for the sequel, mostly because they also supported the first Kerbal with tons of DLC afterwards. Yeah. Um, years and years of DLC. And so this is one of those games where you know if when you buy it, it's going to kind of be ongoing and you can keep getting new content, um, new DLC, new expansions for it for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it is a space flight sim, basically. You're basically building your own rockets and sending them into space. Uh, this new version will include tons of new parts and a lot more customization than the prior game did. Yeah, like if you get good at this game, you you could probably apply to SpaceX. Seriously. And try to get a job over there because this is this is a this is a detailed sim. It's a hardcore sim, absolutely. And it, but I think that's what's made it appeal. It also mm-hmm. has like. Little bit of tongue in cheek. Oh, yeah. Little bit of humor to There's it. A little bit of like if the minions were right. rocket scientists. Yeah, that's a good way thing. to put it. <laughs> Actually, surprised they haven't made that movie already. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it comes out on February 24th only for PC, and then later on we'll get console versions. And I wouldn't count on those console versions coming out this year either, to be honest. No, with you. I wouldn't expect that. I would, if your best case scenario, probably end of the year, more likely early next year. Yeah, would I would be bet guess. it would come that early next year with some kind of other expansion with the pc version or something yep uh but anyway another one to keep an eye on for pc next up octopath traveler 2 using square enix's patented hd 2d is that what they call it 2d hd 2d hd (laughs) art style which basically has these 2d sprites that are scaled and layered over top of 3d backgrounds um it is certainly a unique look that no other game or no other studio has bothered Mm -hmm. to replicate i guess bothered to replicate this (laughs) to be the key phrase there like i like it i think it looks cool but like yeah i don't i don't know if this is really gonna hit anyone else out in the mainstream now wasn't this the original one what didn't it launch initially as a switch exclusive yes it did yeah and then it eventually came to other you can tell that because i played it on the switch and that's the only way i would play something on the switch (laughs) is it was only on the switch this one is coming to other platforms yeah, right out of the on gate. everything and like there's already a mobile game out that's a different mm-hmm. thing yep um octopath is as kind of done it's, it's, it's definitely the breakout hit of this 2d hd sort of subline that square has done mm-hmm. um and yeah this one looks like it's finally gonna it's gonna fix the problem i had with the first one which is that the eight stories don't really interact with each other and not even don't even interact with each other the eight stories aren't weren't in the first one were not equipped to take into account the other characters that were with you in the party like it had it was like the character going through that story was alone and no one there was no dialogue between other characters that involved the actual personalities of the characters mm. so that is apparently going to be different in this okay which is good that's the one real flaw of the first game yeah in my opinion. but it is a turn-based rpg basically there's eight just like the first game there's eight different storylines this one seems to integrate the storylines better um, than the first game, uh, but it is a JRPG turn-based. If you like that stuff, this is probably one to keep an eye on for the first quarter of 2023. And again, it comes out on February 24th for pretty much every platform. Next up, the day before. Now we're moving into March, and this game comes out on March 1st. As of right now, it's coming out on March 1st. This game has also been delayed a couple times. It is a an open-world zombie survival shooter. Right now, Matt, it is the second most requested game on Steam behind Hogwarts Legacy. Hmm. So this is also, this is kind of turned into a pillar of I PC gaming. I barely the, even the, know what this is. Really? It's amazing. It's, um, this has also become kind of a pillar of PC gaming, the, sur- the open world survival oh, yeah. shooter. There's four or five games now that are like huge, especially with streamers and stuff like that. that What everybody really wanted to do on PC was drink water regularly. (laughs) This game gives me a little bit of the Division vibes. Yeah, there's some Division vibes. There's some, uh, I think there's some State of Decay Mm -hmm. here, Um, which is cool. I like State of Decay, and it's not like we're getting another State of Decay anytime soon. Yeah, probably not for another couple years would be my guess before we see the third game. Um, 
Yeah, there's. I mean, if you're a fan of games like Rust, nice ray tracing, or Escape from Tarkov, games like that, this is kind of the next evolution of that genre. I've never really liked these games. Like, I like The Division. Mm-hmm. But the Division isn't isn't the same thing. It's, yeah, it's no, like this is more of a supply balancing sort of. I mean, again, this is sort of like these, these games are sort of like Monster Hunter for me, where I'm looking for the one that finally hits, like right, like works with me. Like, I almost got into uh, uh, Valheim. Yeah, but not quite. I got about eight hours into that, and yeah. I, I faded. Yeah. I couldn't stick with it. I, 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 got, just, I got friends who still play it. Yeah, I'm sure day, it was a like, smash hit. A lot of people are playing it. All these games do so well. Like if I was starting an indie studio, this is probably the type of game that I would launch. As far as like the opportunity to generate revenue into perpetuity, this genre is it. Yeah, you get people hooked on it; they're there forever. Like they will keep playing this game forever. And since this one is coming later, it's obviously the best looking of all of them. It'll be interesting to see if the visuals can pull people away from these other games. Not that they they're slouches, but this one being built on, I believe, Unreal Engine five out of the gate. Yeah, it looks like it should give it an advantage. So um, again, it is called the day before. It's coming on March first to PC, and then eventually there will be PS five and Xbox Series versions coming. I have no idea when those would be ready to come out, though. Um, so again, the day before, March 1st, on PC. Next up, a game that I still don't really understand, and Matt and I have kind of gone around on this, that I still don't really understand why it's being developed. Wolong Fallen Dynasty comes out on March the 3rd. This is another Team Ninja Souls-like, yet another Team Ninja Souls-like franchise when they already had one. I don't know why they're launching another one. Well, this one's Chinese. Yeah, it's uh, set in a dark dark fantasy version of China's Three Kingdoms period. Um, I, so many games are set in that time period, and I really have no affinity for it at all. <laughs> it's like the most popular novel in the world. Yeah. like it's it's The yeah. Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah. yeah. So there's definitely audience there. Um, I mean, I played the demo of this and did not like it very much. Me either. Um, yeah, I've struggled to play the demo more than like 30 minutes. I was like, get me out of here. Like, not my forte. This is like... The old school Dark Souls. This isn't like the Elden Ring Dark Souls template. But it's also doing the thing where like Dark. One of the reasons Dark Souls works uh, is that it is kind of it is kind of the combat is sort of small and folded in and reliable. And this is sort of doing more of a loose like speedy team ninja thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really holds together very well. Yeah, like it's it's uh, you you got you're gonna have to memorize a lot more like little quirks of the system to become proficient at it and. Uh, I, I nobody got time for that. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I just, and yeah, whatever. Like, I've played enough Souls games that I feel like I'm okay just waiting around for whatever ones that like you know, From Software makes, and we're good. I found myself trying to jimmy this game, <laughs> like running away from all the enemies, and like, and you could. Yeah. I literally ran through the whole demo, and I basically broke the game. Like, yeah. I got down to this valley. And all the enemies that I had ran past all flooded down into this like little valley here, and then I just ran away from them again. Like yeah, you could get away with that in the Souls games. Oh, you too. absolutely can. Yeah, it's 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 like basic strategy. Yeah, like, run. <laughs> there's a point at which most enemies are not worth your time. Yeah, so you just run past. Yeah, them. yeah. Um, so, but there's you're running into a problem now where it's like, why wouldn't I just play? Elden Ring. Right. Or Bloodborne. I again. finally just deleted Elden Ring off of my hard drive. I finally gave up. I'm like, I'm not going to go back and play it. I just... <laughs> I'm just not. 
Um, and it actually wasn't even taking up that much space. I think it's only like 50 gigs or something like that. But I needed space for Forspoken. And I was like, bye-bye, Elden Ring. Yeah, I, will Forspoken, never fin- I will never finish you. <laughs> Forspoken's big. It was a big game. Yeah. It was like 90, ge- 90 yeah. gigs or something. It takes a lot of space for sure. Um, so I really am not that excited for this. But I'll say this. Looking again at the rest of 2023, there aren't a ton of Souls-likes coming this year. So if you're really into that genre, you should definitely give this a better look than I'm going to give it. We'll obviously play it and we'll talk about it here on Game Face. Um, but this might be, if you're into that genre, might be one worth worth keeping an eye on, even if you're looking at this B-roll right now saying no thanks, because there isn't a lot of this style of game. There's a couple more that we'll get to here in a minute, uh, but there aren't a lot of them coming. So if you want something kind of centered with this setting, uh, you might want to pay attention to this game a little more than Matt and I have. But as of right now, I'm not all that excited for this game, and that's not something I've really said that all, all that often about a Team Ninja game. But it just feels like I just don't know why you would pivot and create another franchise so similar to the one that you already had. So well, My guess is that Neo's done. I guess. Because the second one didn't sell very well. No. The first one did surprisingly well, and then the second one actually sold surprisingly poorly. <laughs> so you're right. You know, Maybe they've just decided to put the cap on the neo franchise and they want to move on to this one but anyway just something to keep an eye out for um if you're into that genre next up a game that i think everyone's excited for star wars jedi survivor comes out on march 17th this is also next gen only ps5 xbox series and pc it is the follow-up to what was my game of the year the year it came out although admittedly in a weak year for game releases that's not going to be the case this year. It's going to have much stiffer competition, but I think it's up to the task because already what we've seen of the game to me looks like a vast improvement on pretty much every mark compared to the original game. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a Metroidvania, which I think a lot of people who didn't play the first game may not even really realize. No, definitely. I mean, a lot of people kind of summed it up as like Soul Star Wars, but it's it takes some Souls elements, but it's more of a Metroid game. It is, yeah. It There's is. lots of going back with new powers and opening up areas that you saw before that you didn't have the ability to open up. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's got uh, a better map. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better map, fast travel. Maps are always two. the big X factor for Metroidvanias. Yeah. Even going back to Metroid Prime, like, people love that map. I thought that map sucked. Like, when it got down to it, and I had, like, I needed to, like, find that last rocket upgrade or whatever... And you'd start looking at that map, and you'd see, like, the dot where it's supposed to be. And you're like, how do I get to it? I'm five feet away, mm-hmm. and I have no idea how to get to that thing. Oh, well, you had to enter a cave on the far side of the other side of the map. Right, and then take the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the path to it was completely hidden on another level underneath. And then you come up to the top and just get to that one little That square. one little patch, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it is really, really important. Um yeah, which, uh, Vince is asking, would you rather they do this or Stranger of Paradise 2? I'm not sure what he's asking about there. I mean, I guess Team Ninja was involved on that. Oh, uh, it, it wasn't their own game, right? Really. Oh, I definitely would rather them do Wolong than Stranger yeah. of Paradise 2. I'll tell you that much. Um, but again, this game is coming out in March 17th, next gen only. They still haven't revealed a ton of this game, Matt. No, it's, it's, that, this trailer is basically the most we've seen. Of it's everything. really crazy. Like, there hasn't been, like, big chunks yeah. of gameplay released or anything. Like I, I, In this case, I think that indicates confidence. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Like, they know they don't need to do anything big until closer to release. Yeah. But it's been shrouded and in it mystery. Is, it's the third high. It was the number three on that most anticipated voting Was list. it? So, yeah. That's great to it see. Three, three or four. No, it was, Starfield was 
No, I think it was three. It beat Starfield. Starfield was four. Wow. I'm surprised right. at that. That might be a little bit of backlash from the PlayStation fans. <laughs> not happy that Starfield is no, not well, coming. I think, it, I think it's also um, uh, people who have played Bethesda games at launch before. Yeah. Well, it's also exclusives generally have a disadvantage. That's why I was really surprised to hear that Spider-Man was number one. Mm-hmm. Because it is a platform exclusive. Now, granted, it is on the leading platform. But still, that's, that's impressive. People are really excited for that, which it's, I am too. So I totally get it. Uh, but anyway, Jedi Survivor, March 17th. Now, do you realize all the stuff we've talked about so far, we're not even halfway through March yet. That's how loaded the early part of this year is. Next up, and it just keeps coming, on the 24th, a week later, the Resident Evil 4 remake. This also this is coming to PS4. I, I didn't realize that. So this is coming to PlayStation 5 and 4, but it's not coming to Xbox One. It's only coming to Xbox Series and PC. Hmm. Not coming to Switch, which I know, Resident Evil 4, Nintendo exclusive when it came out. But not, I don't think there's even like a cloud version of this coming to Switch. No, I don't think so. I mean, which is weird. Be eventually. I, can, I mean, if I was a big Nintendo fan, I'd be a little tiffed by that. It's like, wait a minute. We built the reputation of this game on GameCube. And... Well... Then you started putting out weak-ass hardware. Yeah, that's what happens. Only so much you can do. Yep. Don't blame Capcom. Blame Nintendo. They're the ones who made a console that is incapable of running this game. I am very excited about this. It's probably my most anticipated game of the first half of 2023. Um, There has been some stuff leaking out about it, some details. Uh, Stealth is a much bigger deal in this. Mm. And I don't, was there is any stealth at all in the OG? I don't think there was. Um, not that I can really remember. I mean, if there, well, if there was, it doesn't stick out of my memory. Yeah. So stealth is a bigger part of this. I don't know if I'm going to like that or not. I don't know. I mean, it depends kind of what you do. I mean, even for for spoken has some early stealth sequences that seem completely pointless. They do seem pointless. Like, like, yeah. You can't, I don't think you could even fail them. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I don't think you could. Yeah. Because I so. actually kind of tried. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to run over here, and it didn't seem like it alerted anybody. Um, so there is more. There is stealth in the game now. You can also run and shoot at the same time, which is a big deal. And then another big change from the original version is that the knife is a much more viable weapon. You can use it a lot more quickly. If you try to use a knife and miss, you're not screwed like you were in the OG version of the game. So it sounds like they're trying to make the knife in this an actual viable weapon that you can use to get through the game instead of this weird thing that you kind of jimmy. Because there was like runs where like knife only runs for Resident Evil 4. Oh, yeah. always, I mean, knife, knife only runs go back to the first game. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be a big deal for this one because it they will. make the knife a viable thing to actually use and make it through the game. And they'll, the speedrunners will figure something out. There's always a new stupid human trick to make these things difficult. <laughs> and again, that'll be a mod to make it like original knife power or something. Yeah. You know, they'll, 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 it'll happen. I don't like that they made the opening section of the game in the dark. I liked that it was in the daylight. That's what I thought really set it apart for RE4. I was like, whoa, the open of this game is in the daylight? Like, that's mm-hmm. very rare for... I mean, it's still kind of dusky. Yeah, like, like the sun setting, I guess. Yeah, or, is, uh, just, I, or just rising. Sun, sun setting, or it's like it was like overcast. or something. Yeah. It wasn't a pleasant day, no. but it was daytime. Yeah, and this, it starts out at nighttime, which could change your impressions of the early village sections of the game. Uh, but again, it comes out on March 24th. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, and PC. I mean, some of the shots in here look like the sun has risen by the time you get to that part of the village. Where the bell goes off. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm excited for this game, man. <laughs> I really am. Like, I, I can't wait. And I have a feeling a lot of you guys, if you love the original as much as I do, you can't wait either. Yeah, so the, That lake monster is going to be terrifying. Everything. I, I can't wait for all of it. I'm really pumped. Uh, next up, finally we're getting the System Shock remake. <laughs> now, we don't have a hard release date in March for this yet. It's just March 2023. Which means it could be delayed again. <laughs> yeah, this may not even come out this year. Like, we don't know. But as of right now, it is scheduled for March of 2023. This game has been in development forever. Mm -hmm. There were rumors of it being canceled and then not canceled. And like it's doubly bizarre because, like, it's not even the good one. Like, it's it's good, but it's System Shock 2 is the is the, is the, the ringer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this game is originally from 1994. Um, so as you might guess, it has had some drastic upgrades and yeah. changes. This is basically the original, as they say, ugh, immersive, immersive sim. sim. Yeah, it's set in orbit around a Saturn you space station. Well, you know, Bioshock is called Bioshock. It's because it's yeah. the system shock. shock. Yep. Um, you play as a nameless hacker who's attempting to shut down a rogue, crazy AI named Shodan. Um, Matt and I know this game very well. A lot of you guys may have never played it. Although Shodan, in my opinion, Shodan takes a lot from Durandal from Marathon, yeah. which nobody played because right. it was on Mac. Yeah, even less people play that. Um, so when I played this, it was like, oh, this is sort of like Marathon, but like focusing more on Durandal and, and not an action game. Um, so I don't think it's as... And also Shodan is way more... It's a way better character in 2. Yeah. Um, this is... System Shock 1 is almost like, and I told you this story to tell you the second game. <laughs> Bakby says, I was four when this came out, so no. Yeah. <laughs> and I would argue, too, that this really probably isn't a remake. It's really more of a remaster. I think this game's going to struggle to get traction because it just doesn't look that great. And mm. like Bakby said, it a lot of people were like, kids when yeah, it came out. It definitely looks like it should have come out uh, a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it is still a good game. To Matt's point, you're right. It's probably not great at this point. No. I mean, but it's still a, good. There's a good chance just in terms of comparing kind of in the genre, um, it might be better than Atomic Heart. Yeah, um, it's possible. Just in terms of an example of its own genre. Yeah. Not in terms of tech, but... Yep. Um, it's probably worth playing, but it's also kind of one of those things like I feel like a lot of people are going to skip this just because it's in the middle of, yeah, you know, it's in the middle of a forest of good things. Yep. Um, and so that is March. All the games we just talked about are all coming out before the end of March. And then April, things start to get a little rough. Um, there's really no big releases right now announced for April other than Dead Island 2. Mm-hmm. It has pretty much the whole month to itself. It's coming out on March 28th. This is another game that's coming to every platform but Switch. Um, we still haven't seen much. No. Uh, I mean, actually, we kind of have not, like, video, but they've allowed people to play it. Yeah. Like, big chunks of, of it play it. So people have already played this for, like, four or five hours um, for preview purposes, but they haven't released a ton of footage of it as far as in-engine stuff. Uh, but it does seem 90-some percent certain that this is going to come out in April. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, this game's been in development for, like, over 10 years. It kind of has. Like, the idea behind it's been in development for a long yeah, time. This version has not. Yeah, this version itself has only been in development since 2019. So it's actually been on a very typical game development schedule. It's just now the third developer to have worked on Dead Island 2. I can't think of too many other games that have had three different developers work on them. Yeah, I mean... Even Duke Nukem Forever really only had the two. Right, yeah. Technically. 
Yeah, I mean, by the time the new teams. Perfect Dark comes out, there may be three that have worked on it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but this is an open-world-ish zombie brawler. It really is more about melee than guns. Um, and if you played the first Dead Island, this one does not stray too far away from what that game was oh, those so many years ago. Uh, most of the previews said that it is a throwback in mostly all the best ways. So, also the previews have been very positive. I've been shocked by the coverage of this game so far from the people that have played it. So, something to kind of look forward to. I don't think it's going to set the world on fire when it comes out on April 28th. But, uh, again, it is coming to all platforms on April 28th. And there are really no other, as of right now, big games scheduled for that month. Uh, next up, moving on to May. And even May really only has one big game scheduled for it right now. And that is Suicide Squad Kill, Justice, Kill the Justice League. It's coming out on May 26th. This game has also been delayed over and over again. Rocksteady's first game in how many years? Eight years? Eight years. <laughs> how is that even possible with a studio like Rocksteady that was finishing really good games every two or three years for a big stretch there? It's I don't understand what happened. How did it take eight years to make this game? I don't know. I'm, I'm on, well, I don't think it took them. I think they were working on something, I, you know. As I understand it, the um, um, you know there there was another project between Arkham Knight and this. They just didn't make and it. And at some point, this got taken away from uh, Montreal and moved over to Rocksteady. Um, Forcing Rocksteady to make a game is a terrible idea. So just I'm let them sure. make what they want to make. <laughs> they earned that right, I believe. Yeah, but that's just WB. But yeah, Warner Brothers mismanaging something. Who could have shocker? Predicted? Yeah. I'm definitely more excited for this than you are. Oh, I. This looks terrible to me. Like, I, everything about this, and, and more and more stuff leaks, and more and more it sounds like a terrible idea. There's been all the rumors swirling lately about microtransactions that have now that out I don't believe to not be true. Yeah, yeah but it's like, not a game as a service. It doesn't have no. shady microtransactions. Like, it's just you, there might cosmetics. be like costumes. That's what buy, they said. It's cosmetics. It. Yeah, like, who cares? Which I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's what microtransactions are made for, in my opinion. I don't care if you have an outfit I don't have and you paid for it cool <laughs> i really don't give a crap i'm just i'm very irritated by the whole like it's just a shooter yeah like they all use guns it's all guns yeah. it's all gun related like it's just borderlands with suicide squad characters who i don't care about yeah i mean a lot of people may hear that and go hot damn <laughs> okay i'm cool with that so Maybe, but it, just, it doesn't capture you know there's there's nothing in this that i want to play there's nothing in this that is like oh part of the fantasy of the dc universe that appeals to me like I have never wanted to be Captain Boomerang or <laughs> or uh, or uh, Deadshot. Well, I mean, the funny part is I don't even know the names of a lot of these characters, so that tells you all you need to know. Because yeah. <laughs> I've never bothered to learn their names because they don't matter to me. Um, so anyway, that game is coming out on May 26th. It is also next gen only, PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. I can't imagine it'll be delayed again, Matt. Can you imagine it'd be delayed no, that, again? That would be. That would be a poor choice. It really would. It really would. Uh, so there you go. That's well, suicide. You delay, it, you delay it much further, and you're going to end up in the summer, which is a weird place to be. Or you're going to be in the wake of Zelda, and nobody wants to be there. Yeah. And then otherwise, you're going to have to like deal with the fall releases. Like, yeah, this is about where it needs to go. Yeah. Um, yep. So again, on May 26th, and it's again right now for May. There's no other game scheduled. But look, we're going to get to all the games that are scheduled for 2023 but don't have a hard release date at the end of this discussion and there's a ton of them a ton of them. like half of the games don't have release dates they're supposed to come out this year next up street fighter 6 coming out on june 2nd 
This is coming out for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, and PC. No Xbox One version. Don't really blame them there. Um, I'm really torn on this. The, <laughs> I don't know. The, it fe features a character creator that you use for its single-player world tour mode. Yeah, I don't know about how that's going to turn out. I don't either, man. Like, this <laughs> world tour mode just looks... I mean, look at it. It's very weird. It's so weird. I I mean, look, ultimately, I'm going to buy and play this game to play competitively, to play online, to play against Matt or whoever. Um, I will play through the campaign because I need to to discuss it with you guys here on Game Face, but I am not looking forward to it. I'll put it to you that way. I guess it's the best way I can describe it. This game just looks bonkers, just across the board, insane. It's like a pop culture vomit, I feel like. It's just like they're like, all this stuff that we like in pop culture, how can we fit it in one video game? Let's well, try to do that. It's better than going halfway, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see how this reviews as well, because the base version of The Last Street Fighter did not review well out of the gate, and then when they put out the arcade version years later, it got like a nine point something or whatever. So um, I think they learned their lesson. Yeah, I think, they'll, I think this will launch in a better state. I would, I would agree with that. At least they, it should anyway. Um, one Super Master Gamer says Street Fighter 6 is very good. The beta was very good. So I guess yep. he got in on it and he got to play it. And that's Every, really what the, matters. All the beta impressions in the community have been very positive on it. That's great to hear. So, again, that comes out on June 2nd. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, and PC. Oh, by the way, 18 characters at launch. Does that seem low to you, Matt? No. That seems, You're okay with that? That's actually higher than I might expect. Okay. Um, you can get away with like 15 yeah, that seems about right. And of course, the DLC schedule for Street Fighter games, it's, it yeah, carries there, the There game. will be more. Yes. <laughs> when it's all said and done, there will probably be like 40 characters. Yeah. But they got to get their DLC out somehow. Uh, next up, a game I am really excited for Diablo 4. That comes out on June 6th. So just four days after Street Fighter 6. This is another game that's coming to everything but Switch. I think a lot of the details on this game have been lost because. Everyone's too worried about comparing this to Diablo Immortal instead of remembering what we've already been told about Diablo 4. One, that is nothing like Diablo Immortal. Like, I don't even understand why that discussion is happening. Like... Because nobody trusts Blizzard. I guess. But they've already told you what this game is. You already know. Blizzard's lied before. <laughs> really? Yeah. They, people don't trust Blizzard any further than they could throw the concept of Blizzard. It's, wow. Like, they, Blizzard has blown every single ounce of its goodwill. It's amazing. It really like it is. Really, because it, it was the opposite. It yeah. was and the most more, trusted. And now even more this week, where they fired the guy who didn't want to participate in the employee ranking system. Oh, like was, I didn't hear about it that. Was, it was a it was a system that new system they were implementing where basically you're gonna like, managers have to rank employees by quality by by quality of work or something. Oh, and one geez. of the and one of the the leads wouldn't do it, and so they fired him. Wow. Well, he'll get picked up somewhere else. I guarantee it. Um, they fired I, him, or, or they, or he left. I, I don't remember which, how, what order that happened in. But yeah, it's it's a whole thing now. Where there's an internal ranking system of employees. It sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like a horrible place. It really does. It used to be the opposite. It was the place everybody wanted to work. It was the yeah. developer everybody respected. Yeah, and then the other flip side, then the on top of that, like a bunch, like the other thing I've seen for people who aren't even involved in in kind of doubting what Blizzard's saying in compar to, in comparison to Immortal, is a lot of people I've seen are just like, yeah, it's just Diablo again. Mm. Like, what's not though? 
So, first of all, I like Diablo Immortal. I played it for like 20 hours. I never dealt with any of the crap that people hated. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? It was fine for what it was. Diablo 4, though, is the first Diablo in an open world. It is an open world game. I think people have completely forgotten that. Nobody seems too jazzed on that. Really? Like, I don't... All the previews for it have been glowing. Mm. Like, the the actual people who are going to have to buy it, like, I've seen a lot of people are like, eh. But then I've also seen other people that are like, it's crazy that Diablo 4 is in the top of the most anticipated everything for no matter what. Mm -hmm. And obviously those are... Most of those people... It's Diablo! But most of those people are PC gamers or or also people who are only... uh, uh, There was a lot of comments about that on the, the IGN Top 10 anticipated thing where they got the only game on that list i care about is diablo yeah and i'm like it's diablo right but like huge i mean that's also my reason i'm not that interested oh i don't care about diablo very much Mm. um i I enjoy it i used to i for uh, help put it to you this way it comes out just as often as it should which means like once every every decade (laughs) because by that time i'm ready to play it again and i am absolutely ready to play diablo 4 um so again, it's the first one set in an open world. They've already announced that story dri- just, story-driven expansions will be coming for yeah, years. I, I mean, that's good, but I just I just don't I don't see what the point of an open world is in a point-and-click hack and slash. Like I don't I don't understand. That just sounds like more travel time to me. Yeah. And how is the how well, is, it depends on what's how happening. How the other games not open worlds? I mean, I know that you jump from location to location between acts, but it's like they just load. Yeah. Who cares? What's the, you're, okay, now you're so, right. I understand your perspective. I get your. Like, now I have to walk down a path to get to Act Two instead of wait for a load screen. Big fucking deal. <laughs> That's uh, a good reason to spend seventy bucks. Like, come on. Like, yeah. So anyway, it's coming out on June 6th. I am very excited for it. And again, it's coming to every platform but Switch. Now we're getting into games that are just announced for the first half of 2023, but don't have a definitive release date. The first up we're going to discuss is Minecraft Legends. It is an RTS set in the Minecraft universe. I do wonder if the audience for <laughs> Minecraft... that no one asked for. <laughs> exactly. I do wonder if the kids that have made Minecraft what it is care about real-time strategy games. I mean, they might if it's Minecraft. That's, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you're betting on, right? It could it's be like, a gateway that drug. It that it doesn't matter what it is if it's as long as it's Minecraft. Yep. And this is coming to everything, including Switch. Look, man, at least it's not a MOBA. That's true. Yeah, that's next. It would have been 10 years ago. It will be. I bet you they'll make a Minecraft MOBA. That's all that's left. Or a shooter. I mean, you could turn this into a MOBA. Yeah, you already have the engine there for sure. Um, But again, it's scheduled for the first half of 2023. Nothing definitive, unfortunately. And this is one game that is coming to Switch in addition to all the other ones. And again, it is an RTS set in the Minecraft universe. Your mileage will vary. Next up, Hollow Knight Silk Song. One of my, hopefully, one of my good sleeper picks from my fantasy draft this year. This is also scheduled for the first half of 2023. Um, it's coming to everything, including Switch also, but it's also day one on Game Pass. And that's how we know that it's coming out this year because they signed a deal with Xbox to go on Game Pass. And then immediately after that deal was announced, they also shared that it would be coming to Game Pass within a year from the announcement. And that announcement was in June. So... My guess is this is probably coming in June or July for all platforms, including Game Pass. But again, it is day one on Game Pass, which is a huge deal. The first game, one of the highest reviewed games from the last like decade. It's a Metroidvania and people, everyone just unanimously loves it. Are you a big fan of uh, the first one? Eh. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of eh on it. <laughs> I, think, I think it's good. Like It's too long. Um, it's 
too annoying in in a lot it's of hard. ways. Like it's, it is hard, but it's hard yeah. in an irritating way. Yeah. Um, and mostly it's hard because like a lot of times you fight a boss and you respawn like a fucking day and a half away from it. Right. You gotta fight yeah. Your and like fight I fight your know, way all the way. I'm back not through. afraid of like having to do the the, the 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 walk of shame back to the bosses in the Souls game, but like it's it's just tedious. seems a little much in this. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in these, you know. It's a Metroidvania. It's a Castlevania element to it. And it's just like, yeah, I got to figure out the trick of the boss. Like, but like, you should be able. I should be able to be able to walk in the next room and try it again. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I like, agree. Maybe and that's it, something that they'll fix for and the if, if you. If I need to rebuild my stuff and power up a little bit, I can walk the other way and go back out in the world and do some fighting. But I, I'll wait way too often. You had to trek way too far to get back there. That's one of my main issues with it, and I never finished it. It's it's very long. It it's, is. Long. It's too long. It's too big. Yeah. It's the new one. It's set in a in a new world called Far Loom. You play as a former enemy from the first game, Hornet, um, with a faster and more more agile moveset compared to the original. And again, it launches on Game Pass on day one. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you're going to get it completely free, and you'll probably be a little more forgiving of its flaws. Next up, a game called Nightingale, also scheduled just for the first half of 2023. Right now, it's only announced for PC. This is a time-jumping survival game set in a cooperative shared world. With plenty of crafting and building, the objective in the game is to try to return to your correct universe from the metaverses that you're jumping through. I'm still not a thousand percent sure what this game is, honestly. I think it's a survival building game. Yeah, it, it seems like it's another arc, but yeah. there's multiverses that you can jump through. Yeah, there's different ver- universes and there's steampunky stuff. And yeah. That's it. Are you excited for this game at all? Nope. I, th- I was more excited for it. I love the it. art style, and yeah. I love the, the aesthetic. I just wish it was a, almost any other genre. The more I've learned about it, the less excited I've become for mm-hmm. it. Because, again, I'm not a big survival player. Like, it's just not a genre that I really enjoy. Um, but this is this might be a good alternative for people who may not be into the other games like Escape from Tarkov and stuff like that, or Valheim or whatever. So, um going to be a lot of crafting going on and building buildings and stuff like that in this game and i guess the multiverses gives it the ability to have a lot of different art styles and settings and things like that so maybe that gives it a unique twist um but again coming first half of 2023 for pc only um my guess is eventually it will also come to consoles but there's nothing Mm -hmm. announced yet and then finally depending on the success of the pc version yeah for sure um, and then finally, the last game that we have any kind of even a rough release date for for 2023 is The Expanse, a Telltale series. It is currently scheduled for summer of 2023. It is coming to all platforms. It is a choice-based branching narrative adventure game. Shocker, coming from Telltale. It's set in the same universe as the TV series, which I have never watched. Have you? Mm-hmm. You have yeah, or haven't? Have. You I've have watched, watched I watched it? the first couple seasons. Okay. It's good. It is good? Yeah. Um, you take very, on very hard sci-fi. Okay, you take on the role of Kamina Drummer, who I obviously have no clue who that is. Cause I've never watched a show, and there's a mutiny on the ship that she's on. And you need to put down the. For mutiny. some reason, it's a big deal that she's the main character to the fans. I don't actually understand. I think I have to watch more of the show to understand why that's an yeah, important. Yeah, I have thing. no clue. Um, but it is really it was a long time ago. I don't. Yeah, know. but it is Telltale's first original game since it's been reformed. So it's kind of a big deal. And actually, in a minute, you'll see that they have another game also coming this year. And I really have my doubts that they'll get both of them out in the same year. But we shall see. Um, The rest of the games for our 2023 third-party preview have no release date whatsoever. 
Um, we can guess what some of these are, but what we're going to do is we're going to go through all these in alphabetical order. Because, again, none of them really have any release dates. Some of these franchises, you'll be like, yeah, but that always comes out in November or December. Totally get it. But we still don't know exactly when they're coming out. They could launch in April or May, those dead months where there's nothing else coming out right now. We'll see. First up, Alan Wake 2. You think it's coming out this year? No. I think it's... 70% coming out this it year. It could, but I don't think it will. It, I think it'll be close. I think they might say it will, but I think it'll slip. Yeah, I think if it does, it'll be November. Like, end of the year. Yeah, sneaking it'd, be, I mean, in. it'd be a shame to not get this out by, by Halloween. This but. is a game I think might be a good idea to hold till next year, though. Because mm-hmm. it has appeal. Especially depending on when the Silent Hill 2 remake comes right. out. Right. It has appeal, it has a fan base, and it could still get swallowed up by all the other games. Because just wait till you see this list of stuff that has no release date. It's insane how long it is. Um, so right now, no release date at all. Um, it did seem like it was pretty far along when the studio started talking about it. They said that it was further along than people thought. So um, I think it has a decent chance to make it this year, but definitely not locked in. Next up, Aliens Dark Descent. This is the another RTS well, kind of. It's a single-player, squad-based action game, action, quote-unquote, set in the original Alien story, uh, where players lead a squad of Marines in real-time combat against the deadliest creatures mankind has ever faced. And this is kind He's of... going to keep trying this over and over again, huh? Well, I mean, I don't blame them. Like, I would... The Aliens license still appeals to me. I'm still interested in playing a good game set in the Aliens universe. Yeah, Prometheus kind of killed all of that. <laughs> I don't care about Aliens anymore. Yeah. Aliens is Alien and Aliens, and everything else should not have been made. Yeah. Much like Terminator. Yeah. Um, but we don't even have a, a hint at when this game is coming. It is for all platforms but Switch, like a lot of games we've been talking about in this third-party wrap-up. Next up, Ark Raiders. This is a new free-to-play third-person shooter from former Battlefield developers and Patrick Soderlund. A lot of people may know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, this game looks kind of cool to me. And I'll say this, too. Again, having gone through all the stuff that's coming out this year, there aren't as many of these as you might think. Like, this genre has been kind of overrun with free-to-play entries over the last, like, five, eight years. There aren't a lot of those coming this year. But this is one of them. Um, let me jump forward a little bit to the B-roll, because actually, the did you trailer for this is actually pretty beefy this is what will jog your memory of what it looks like um i think it looks interesting although fighting drones not always the most interesting enemies to fight uh, not only does that not look interesting i think they picked the most boring possible color for the drones engines (laughs) like like that weird sickly yellow Uh, i don't care like i don't even like looking at that weird it does seem like you're fighting drones a lot and a general rule to me is fighting robots is hardly ever a good time yeah, it doesn't work. Even when it's done well, like in something like Binary Domain, yep. it doesn't seem to break out of a very it, small... Niche. It wears out its welcome very quickly, and it does look like everything that you fight in this is a robot. Yeah, I, I think that's basically the point, if I remember right. Yeah, it's robots like a, have like taken a, over the world. It's like a terraforming or... thing gone wild or yeah. something. Do we learn nothing from Breakpoint? Yep. <laughs> Again, that is Ark Raiders. Next up, my final pick in this Sifted Fantasy Draft... Armored Core 6 coming from From Software. Chance it doesn't make it this year. Has no release date right now. Very strong chance it doesn't make it this year. Yeah. Again, I picked it as a wild card for my 10th pick, knowing I may have to replace it with a. Uh, I mean, if it, an does, if it does come through, there's a non zero chance you get a 90 in your final slot. Right. But, like, yeah. I don't know. 
I know the trailer said 2023, but I'll, yep. I'll believe it when That's I happened it. a lot. I've been burned by the date in the trailer thing many times in our drafts. Um, and one thing to remember about this game, it's not like Dark Souls with robots. Yeah, It is Armor, Armor Core, Core, which you may not even know what it is, even if you're a From Software fanboy. Because you started becoming a From Software fanboy with Dark Souls or Demon Souls. Uh, but this is the really the developer's history. Mm-hmm. This is really where it came from. This yeah, is this the game that it was made his meat and potatoes for many, many, years. many years, like almost a decade, really. Yeah. So to us, it's not a surprise that this is a game coming from From, but for a lot of people, it may be. So we'll see how it's received. Yeah, I've been playing From From games long enough. I remember when Kingsfield was the also ran right Kingsfield, and not the predecessor to the the juggernaut of yep. Dark Souls. I spent a lot of time playing Kingsfield back in the day with one of my first ever PCs. Uh, next up, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Supposed to be a return to the old school style of Assassin's Creed. More of a guided, more linear take on Assassin's Creed. A lot more assassinations. A lot more about being an assassin, which I think the series mm-hmm. has gotten away from. Um, in sounds some like cases, for it better. Like very, it sounds like you're an assassin with a creed. Right, yeah. Who knew? Go figure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if people want this, really. They say they want it, but when they play it, will they will they still feel that way? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be betting that like people want to revisit the world, but they don't necessarily want a 140-hour open-world slog every right. time, um, which I can... I, yeah, I, I would definitely... I enjoy the the ancient trilogy, as they call it, but I would not argue with a you know quick completable in a week game popping up every October like they used to yeah. be, too. Yeah, yeah. Agree. You know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. So this is um, coming out, I might guess, would be in Q4. Now, you got to remember, there was no Assassin's Creed last year. For the first time in a long time, they did not release a new game. So this game has had plenty of time in development. I would be really shocked if it doesn't make it this year. Also, considering its scope has been narrow compared to prior Assassin's Creed games. Um, But again, it is a throwback to the more classic style. We'll see if people are interested in that. You also have to realize there's a lot of people that buy games now that were kids when the first Assassin's Creed came out now. So time just keeps whipping by. Um, But anyway, Assassin's Creed Mirage... I'm actually not sure what platforms that's coming for. If they've announced yet, if it's coming for last gen, everything. My guess is probably last gen as well. And they also do make Ubisoft makes a lot of cloud-based games for Switch, so there's a chance it does come out for Switch as well. Um, Next up, Baldur's Gate Three. This game has also been in development for a long time. This is also one of the most requested games on Steam, mostly because people have been playing it for a really long time and they think it's effing awesome. Mm Literally everyone who's been playing the early access version of this game is gushing over it. If you go and look at the user ratings on Steam for this, it is like the highest I've ever seen. Um, So this is definitely one to keep an eye on. This is also another franchise that, to us, it's just always been around. But to a lot of people who play games and buy games today, they may have never heard of it. Or they heard of it and were like... They at least know there's more than one of them. Right. Because there's a three three, on it. (laughs) But this is the game where like, yeah, this is the one my dad played or my dad talked about Baldur's Gate or whatever. Um, This game's looking awesome, man. I'm... I am really excited for this game. Yeah, this is Larian finally coming into their into their own with the uh, the D and D license after doing the Divinity games for yep. so long. This is like I liked Divinity. This is what I've been waiting for. No, this is this is for sure a, uh, a next level thing. Yep. Which I said when it first went up, like I, I was like, this they're making maybe the best RPG of all time here. Certainly, um, probably the best Dungeons and Dragons RPG. Yeah. Well, that's not difficult. I mean. 
It is shocking how poor the games have been across the Outside of the Baldur's Gate games, there's not a lot of great D&D games. Yeah, Uh, it's a shame. I know people would bring up the Gold Box stuff, but try to play that now. Yeah. The Gold Box stuff is... It's unplayable. Yeah, pretty I, much. I played it back in the day, and I tried to load it up on GOG. Now I'm just like, no, I don't, I'm I don't, good. I do not have the patience for this shit. <laughs> yep. Next up, something I know you won't have the patience for. Oh god. <laughs> Crash Team Rumble. <laughs> Again, I will say I think that's the best Crash has ever looked design wise. Yeah. Like he, I, I, looking at Crash's character model in this game does not make me want to hit him. <laughs> which, is, which is new. I'm not used to that. Like, it was formerly called Crash Bandicoot Wumpa League. And it was originally scheduled for release in 2021. So here we are two years later. It's been reworked into this team-based four-versus-four competitive brawler that's set in the Crash Bandicoot universe. I don't see a lot of people getting too excited for this one. Activision's got to publish something, I guess. Yeah, I got it. Because otherwise, it wouldn't publish anything. Got to do something while it's it's waiting to get bought. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Uh, Next up, this is a game that I think people are going to be excited for everywhere. It is the next game from Leslie Benzies, one of the creative minds behind the Grand Theft Auto franchise, really one of the OG Grand Theft Auto guys who have been a part of that franchise or had been a part of that franchise for decades. Um, The unceremonious split between him and Rockstar North happened, and now he's out on his own, and he got funding to build his, his second dream game, and this is it. It's, I don't think we're still 100% sure of what it is, um... What they're calling it is an open, multi-world action adventure um, that blurs the line between reality and the digital world. (laughs) This thing's never going to come out. Yeah. (laughs) I would put the chances of this coming out this year at like 20%. Mm. Maybe 20%. That might even be too generous, honestly. But it is Leslie Benzies. It is. He's been behind Grand Theft Auto for a long time. Those games never come out when you think they're coming out. I would not be surprised if this one also ends up taking a couple more years in the cooker before we finally get it. Although there may be new pressures on him to get games out more quickly um, with a diff- working with a different publisher. I think it's this private division or something that signed this game. I can't quite remember, honestly. But again, it's called Everywhere. It doesn't matter. It's never coming out. You yeah. think it's never I coming out? I think this thing is vaporware. Wow. Yeah. That would be a big deal because they gave him a lot of money to make this game. But he has a lot of money, so he probably doesn't care. This is an Everwild situation. It's like, if you can't tell me in one sentence what it does, yeah. <laughs> it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next up, a game called Exo Primal from Capcom. This is a five versus five multiplayer shooter where teams race to complete missions while taking out hordes of dinosaurs that spawn randomly throughout the city. This is insane. <laughs> Capcom has all this IP laying around that people are begging them to make new games. How about Dino Crisis? People have been begging for Dino Crisis for decades. I'm shocked. I mean, I know they got to get Resident Evil 4 out the door, but I will be shocked if their next big remake isn't Dino Crisis. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems so Because, I mean, how can you keep ignoring it for that long? What else are you going to do? Remake 5? Come on. Or what other... I mean, what are you going to do? Remake 1. You do a decent remake of 1 for a change. Yeah. I hated the GameCube one. I know everybody loves that thing, but ba- pre-rendered backgrounds are garbage. And the RE make? Yeah. <laughs> pre-rendered backgrounds suck, always suck. They're always a technological limitation, not a creative choice, and they should never be used for anything. The game does look stunning, but you're right, it's all faked. <laughs> yeah. yeah it looks stunning because it's a fucking painting. You're right. Yeah, they just drew it. They drew all the backgrounds. Um, this game, to me, is a shocker. 
Um, I think it is coming out this year. They've already done betas and stuff like that. So they've showed big chunks of gameplay at various trade shows. So I think it's going to make it. But does any will anyone care? I highly doubt I it. I keep forgetting about it every time <laughs> they stop talking about it. Yep. Um, next up, one of the few, few souls, few souls likes coming out this year. I mentioned earlier there aren't that many. Lies of P. This is a Souls-like mm-hmm. loosely based on Pinocchio. This is another one I'm not 100% convinced is coming this year. And yeah. Like, They've also shown pretty big chunks of gameplay of this so yeah, far, though. Yeah, it's far along, but these things take polish. If you, I mean, I guess they could just not do that. But This is PS5. Didn't stop anyone from putting that. What was, it? what was that? Oh, no, I can't remember. It's getting a sequel. Lords of the Fallen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that, getting they're rebooting the original Lords yeah, of the Fallen. Yeah, now it's the Lords of the Fallen. Right. That's the difference. Right. The. Okay, sure. <laughs> yep. is, is that this year? That's yeah, this year. yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yep. I didn't include it on this list though because it was just—it's kind of like a rework of the OG game. No, that's a complete reboot. Is it? Is it? A, yeah. it, it started as Lords of the Fallen Two. Yeah, it takes no. It takes place like thousands of years later. Oh, so it does. It's, it's a completely different game. Gotcha. Okay. It's just got a really dumb title because they don't want to make it Lords of the Fallen Two because they don't want to remind anybody that that game existed. <laughs> Um, there is a kind of a unique mechanic in this game, uh, as far as like playing into the Pinocchio angle. If you tell lies, it affects things in the game. Mm. We'll see how that actually plays out. We've heard stuff like that before, and then you, <laughs> yeah, then it's a Pete ends up being a Peter Molyneux or whatever. Um, it is coming to Game Pass day one, so you won't. If you're a subscriber, you don't have to risk your hard-earned cash to see if this new IP is something worth playing. It's to see if it's a lies of P. Um, but again, it's coming to PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. No hard release date yet. Um, we'll see if it comes out. It, we, the stuff that we've seen so far leads me to believe it probably will. Mm. The other thing about the Lies of P game is it's it only works in text. Like trying to tell someone about that game like verbally. Right. Is like, Wait, did the Lies of what? Like no, like the letter P, P. Like, like Pinocchio. Like oh, I thought that was a very different game for a second. So the art style is very strange too. It's very Bioshock-ish. Well, to me, it looks like uh, uh, steel rising. A little bit. Like there's there's a lot of steel rising in the in the architecture and the and the very ornate axes and and diesel punk stuff. It looks crazy. It looks cool. But we'll <laughs> it see really if it's any does good. Look different. <laughs> Lies of P is when you say you don't have to go. <laughs> That's pretty good from Texture Glitch. Uh, next up, Payday 3. Another game that's been long Ugh. in development. Payday 2 has been around for, what, 11 years at this point? Too long. Too long. <laughs> Did you like Payday? Did you ever play it? I don't like Payday. No, I don't, have, I don't care. It's a heist shooter. I've spent more time walking past the booth every year at E3 than I have actually playing that game. So. This is the only thing we have of this so far. Literally, like, a 12-second teaser. And it's supposed to come out this year. I don't believe it. They're hurting for money, too. They've had to, like, yeah, that, go to all these all, financiers to get money to finish this that game. That all went very sideways, and they should have just kept riding Payday 2. They probably should have. This is make or break for this studio, though. It needs it to be a hit. So, uh, development on this started six years ago, and it's set in New York City. And other than that, we have really no details on this at all. So, we'll see Payday 3. I'm saying 25% chance it comes out this year. Next up, Pragmata. The crazy, oh, weird Capcom PlayStation 5 game that actually is coming to everything. It's coming to PC, thing PS5. With the, thing with the astronaut. And Xbox Series. Yeah, the game with the astronaut and the little girl. <laughs> it's the best way you can describe it. Um, I really have no clue still what this game is. A couple things have kind of snuck out. Um, it's being described as a sci-fi game set in a dystopian near future on Earth's moon. And that's all we have, really. 
This game was supposed to have come out last year as well. It was delayed to this year. I wouldn't be surprised if it's delayed to 2024 either. I mean, they just haven't shown us anything other than this two trailers that they put out for it. So they're going to have to pick up the pace if they really want to debut this game this year and have it be a success. But certainly one of the more unique trailers that we have that we have on our TriCaster, <laughs> literally out of thousands of trailers that are on the TriCaster, this is one of the more interesting ones. But still, at this point, we have very little idea how it plays or really what it is. Yeah, there's some... like, And Capcom does have a, a history of sort of like letting some of these projects just sort of disappear. They do. Yep. Somebody mentioned Deep Down a minute ago in chat. Yeah. There's another one. Yep. <laughs> one of the weird games that just disappeared and never to be seen again. Sound Wizard says, The game I thought was being made by Kojima, and I can totally understand why you would feel that way. It yeah. looks like a Kojima game. The trailer looks like a Kojima trailer. So, but yeah, still really, we don't have much of an idea of what's going on. I don't know why we can see through the cat. I, I don't know what's going on in this at all. Um, I mean, my guess is that like something went wrong with the earth and they're like, they gotta leave. And well, that, this implies that this is the earth. The earth is a simulation here. Mm -hmm. And like they're, they're, I guess they're on the moon. So that's why they're getting sucked out through the, no, the through gravity, the moon, the moon drives the gravity on earth to an extent. No, it doesn't. I thought it did with the tides and everything. Well, I mean, it has a it has a pull on on the Earth, but that's that has nothing to do with the gravity of the Earth. Um, well, it is a sci-fi game, so they could just make it up if they yeah, want this, to. But this, looks, this looks like it's probably some kind of dome simulation of whatever. Because like, I'm guessing what he's looking at there is like digital recreations of what the people were doing and the cat was doing when whatever cataclysm happened. Uh, um, when they had to leave to go to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> It's an interesting game. We'll have to wait and see if we learn more. I would put this game coming out this year at 50-50. Yeah, because yeah, they pop out of the, the dome, and now they're on the moon, and the girl's fine. Like, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. I can definitely see why someone would think this is Kojima. It, it looks ridiculous enough to be. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we only got a couple left. Next up, Remnant 2. Did you play the first Remnant? Yeah, but I don't remember it. Yeah. I, I remember I didn't like it very much. It's well. It's the, basically like Souls, but with sh more guns. Shooter. And yeah. And I didn't think it worked very well. Yep. It, well, they call it an action survival shooter. Yeah. They supported the shit out of it, though. They did. Like they, yeah. They really built something with it. Yep. It pits the last remnants of humanity against the harrowing forces of evil. Visit new unseen worlds filled with deadly surprises and encounters as you join the battle to save humanity in a dynamically generated world filled with branching quest lines. I'll believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm. And every time I hear dynamically generated, when I end up playing the game, it means it all looks the same. <laughs> a lot, also, a lot of this, a lot of this, just like everybody who is, it's like a bunch of enemies escaped from Resident Evil games. Uh huh. Or they were it. cut from Resident Evil yeah. games because they weren't good enough. Like they're they're, they're they're the guys who went to the audition but did not get picked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's Remnant Two. That's coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Are you starting to? get the 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 change here yeah all these games are coming mostly to just next gen now the exception is yeah they're actually making a ps4 version no. or a I mean, switch I've, version i've said for a while that like this is the year yep that all the projects that were started once people got final hardware finally come to fruition yep um next up a game i am really excited for a game called slitterhead mm. which this game just looks bizarre in the, all the best ways i would add um I don't even know. I don't think we know a lot about how this game plays either, honestly. No. We don't know anything about this. Really. Yeah. With this trailer is really all we have. They did do, like, one interview 
after this trailer debuted, but they didn't really give up anything. So there's going to be, I would also put the chances of this game coming out this year pretty slim. Yeah, I don't think this is this year. But I'll wait for however long it takes to play it because it looks insane. <laughs> and I love the monster designs in this as well. It's just creepy. Um, we need more games like this, I would argue. But again, really not many details for this as far as like what platforms is coming to. I mean, my guess on this is it comes and goes and nobody notices. It just, you think? It, I think, it, I think this is going to pull a, a, a Ghostwire Tokyo. Hmm. It does kind of give you similar vibes. Um, but there you go. Akira Yamaoka is doing the music for it from Silent Hill fame. Oh, yeah. One of the best horror composers. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I just don't think it's going to make an impact. That scene right there is great. <laughs> really, it's just great. Um, next up, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Coming yeah. from the studio that gave you the asymmetrical multiplayer game Friday the 13th. I think we've all played that at this point because we all got it free mm. at one point or another from PlayStation or Xbox or whoever. Um, I think I'm kind of over the asymmetrical multiplayer thing. Oh, yeah. I played the Evil Dead game this last year. And if you aren't, just go play Dead by Daylight. Yeah. Like it, it still is the best. It's all there. It's, it's got the most content. It's got the most development behind it. It's, it's, you know, it's really become its own thing. Yeah. I mean, I am a huge Evil Dead fan, and I could not stick with the Evil Dead one. No. So if I can't stick with that, I'm not going to stick with anything. I also really like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. However... There's one recognizable enemy in that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's a whole family, but like Leatherhead's but, the only one anybody remembers. Yeah, so. Leatherface and Leatherhead, <laughs> Leatherhead, Leatherface. <laughs> Leatherhead's a mutant uh, alligator from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Leatherface is the only recognizable enemy in this, and like the brothers and the the grandpa. Really, like the grandpa can't even hold the hammer. He's so weak. Like. Uh, like so at least with Friday the 13th you had these different iterations of Jason through the years that you could use like you had the space Jason you had Jason without the mask you had Jason with the mask you had Jason this, this with is just going to be a different selection of aprons <laughs> yeah Jason with the burlap sack over his head this is just like Leatherface has always been Leatherface you're right they're going to customize his aprons like is that what they're going to change pretty much the brothers and the dad and the grandpa they're not recognizable people don't know who the hell they are so I don't have high hopes for this We'll see. I'm also really not that big into the genre in general, although some people may be. It seems like those games do pretty well, um, but they're just not my cup they of tea. They certainly start strong a mm -hmm. lot, and then they just sort of fade away. Yep. So I hinted earlier that there's a second game coming from Telltale this year, and that game is The Wolf Among Us 2. It's right now scheduled for Q4, which makes it dicey out of the gate. It is coming to everything but Switch. Again, it is Telltale's second game of 2023. I wasn't a huge fan of the first, the first Wolf Among Us. Were I you? Did. Yeah. Like I, liked, I thought it was okay. I like the comics. Yeah. Like it was interesting in that regard. It's also interesting that it was um, a return to sort of the form of the characters that I preferred, whereas um, the first like third or maybe almost half of the comic series is really really good, and then it just goes off the rails and becomes very strange. By the end, it's sort of a mouthpiece for for Bill Williams' strange libertarian political ideas. <laughs> um, but, like, the first, like, half, like, third to a half is, like, a really interesting kind of remix of all how the fable stuff and all the different fairy tale characters work together. And and basically, basically, if you read the comics, stop after you after the final conf confrontation with the adversary. Uh, and this is a prequel to all that, so you get to see, you know, Bigby and, and all the characters from, the, from the, the comic in their kind of original state before they basically get ruined and Bigby in particular becomes a very different character that's not nearly as interesting 
So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm, in, I'm into more of this. Um, it's pretty as Telltale goes. I think Telltale has been topped by a lot of other developers yeah. in the meantime. But I think well, this Wolf- also isn't the same. No, but I think Wolf Among thing. Us. Wolf Among Us was the was the best thing in their late stage mm-hmm. they've done, and so maybe this will be more of that. I don't know. It's hard to say with these things anymore. Yep. Again, I'm honestly more interested in the Star Trek thing coming from the people who used to work for Telltale, right. which really kind of is the real Telltale. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> at this point, you just kind of got to track who used to be at Telltale when they were great and kind of find <laughs> where they are now. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then our last game for our third-party preview is Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2, one of the games that Matt drafted for his fantasy team this year. It is a sequel to the third-person shooter from 2011. It's hard to believe it's yeah. that long ago, which was a shock, like, surprise hit yeah, back when I, it came out. I went to Vancouver to do interviews and stuff for that for, for X-Play back in the day. That was, yeah. that was how long ago that was. Well, this one picks up exactly where that game left off matter of fact i forgot that yesterday is the 10th an- was the 10th anniversary of the last episode of x-play wow may she rest in peace because we don't count the ones that they, t- they put out here in the last 12 months those don't count um this picks up right where the last game left off with the same protagonist and in the same setting um again the original game was a sleeper hit people didn't expect it to do well and it did very well this game is also next gen only pc ps5 xbox series x again scheduled for this year but it has no hard release date but definitely one to keep an eye on and there you go i told you how many awesome games are coming in 2023 and as we said we still don't know the back half of the calendar for nintendo playstation and xbox so we've given you those already we already did the big three now we've done third parties we may we may do a topic next week for indies. We'll see. If, as I start like researching and gathering, if I feel like it's a worthy topic, then we may do it. Now, there were a couple indies scattered through here, but I'm talking about digging a little deeper under the surface to find the real true indies, the stuff that doesn't kind of break through into the mainstream. Um, but wow. So we haven't covered back half of stuff for the big three or a lot of the indie stuff. And just to think about, it's taken us three weeks to preview this year. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's awesome. Like I said at the beginning, this has a chance to be one of the best years ever for video game releases. I am this is not hyperbole. I think it's borne out through the last three episodes of Game Face that we've done. It is going to be an incredible year, and I am honored to be able to go along the ride with you guys for 2023. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for the rest of this year. It's going to be awesome. And now on to our final topic for Game Face 327. We're going to discuss the other big game that came out this week, and that is Fire Emblem Engage. We're a little late on this. Remember last week, we were doing the draft, and I drafted this game, and then later on in the show, they're like, oh, reviews went up, and it got like an Mm. eight or something like that. But it didn't come out until Friday. Right, and then it didn't come out until Friday, so it's only been available now for a few days. Um, I spent a lot of time playing this throughout the entire weekend. In fact... Kind of one of the cool things about this was I finally, first of all, played my Switch in handheld mode at all, which I never do. But I also played finally my Switch OLED in handheld mode for an extended period of time because I was watching the NFL playoff games while I was playing Fire Emblem. And I'll say this too, Matt, the time whips by playing this game. And I mean, that's the case with all Fire Emblems. Like literally the, the, the game would kick off and I just have the game on as like background noise while I played Fire Emblem. I could not believe when we, they, the fourth quarter started. Hmm. I was like, what? 
I'm like, I just lost three hours or gone. Like the time just whips by playing this game. And I will say this too. The OLED screen makes, a, if you play in handheld mode, makes a big difference on for Switch. Mm-hmm. So this game in particular, because everything's really small, and I'll, actually I'll just get the, get the B-roll rolling for you guys. The stuff is so small in this game when you're on the battlefield. There's little icons that you need to see on each unit to know whether they're, they use a sword or they use an axe or they use a pole weapon. And why that's important is because the whole game is built on a rock, paper, scissors idea where, you know, sword trumps axe, axe trumps pole, pole trumps sword, and, and that completes sort of the circle, so to speak. So you need to see what type the enemy is, whether he's, he, he carries a sword or he carries an axe or he carries a pole. And the icon, even on a TV, is so puny. But on the Switch OLED screen, you can see it clear as day. And that keeps you from having to move the cursor on top of each enemy to see what weapon that they use. So, you know, the, the, the screen made a big difference in the actual gameplay for me in playing this game. Um, a lot of people may think it's still too early for this game after having played Fire Emblem Three Houses because I think I sunk, I don't know, probably 60 hours into that game when it was all said and done. It was just a beast. And kind of in the same vein as Diablo, usually Fire Emblem games come out with a cadence where it works. Where it's like, okay, I played that game. I'm not going to play another Fire Emblem for another five or six years. Well, this one's come in with like three years to go. And I didn't know if I'd be motivated to play it still. And I was. <laughs> as soon as I got through like the initial stages of it and the plot was set up, off I went. And I was hooked to it just like every other Fire Emblem with the whole just one more turn credo. In fact, the wife was having to pull me away to go to dinner on both Saturday and Sunday nights. And I was like, one more turn. I literally said that to her. Just one more turn. Because these battles last forever. And one thing I'll say about this in general, like a lot of times I say turn-based games are great for a handheld or whatever. And they are. But if you stop this game mid-battle and like put your Switch to sleep and then come back and try to remember what you were doing like what your strategy was and how you were going to line these units up to take on these other units at the enemy, forget it. <laughs> like, So what I found with this game is, sure, you can stop it, and it won't hurt you technically. When you come back, it's almost impossible to remember like the strategy and what you were trying to do. So what I found is I try to finish the skirmish before I put, turn this game off. Now, this game has got way lower reviews than Three Houses. And a lot of the criticism for this has been its lack of social elements and a lot of the accoutrement that you found in Three Houses. However, Matt, having played this a lot of this game, I don't think it's really missing all that much of that stuff. No, it's it's still there. It's just it's not as robust and it's not as much of a focus. You're not you're not spending half the game doing that like you are right. in Three Houses. Um, the premise is the same. You go out pretty much. You fight. And then you come back right, to this you come hub back, world. You talk to everybody, you give them gifts, you, you build stuff, you unlock parts of the base. You, you run it. around and find yeah, you, you, power-ups and yeah, you find items, items that are and... hidden around everywhere. You go and use your amiibo. Like, the hub is just this crazy condensed little area that just has tons of crap in it. But I don't think that I'm missing all that much from Three Houses. Like, there, you can still 
give people gifts and build the relationships with them. And then when you go out on the battlefield, you have those synergies with them. So if they're next to that character and they have a synergy, they will do like a team up attack or they will give boosts or buffs to the other characters that are like located next to them. Yeah, I think that's really the difference that they're talking about is like the bonus the bonuses for engaging in the social interactions are gameplay related. Yeah. And in three houses the gameplay is gameplay related, but also you get rewarded with like cutscenes and story content. And people are missing that because there's no it, romance. Right. Throw, throw, That's th the difference. Yeah, three houses kind of turned it into Persona mm -hmm. a little bit, and people maybe were expecting that or like that or like. I think there's room for both styles. Um, I don't really miss that. In I don't this. either. Like, I mean, I did kind of miss partly, the romance stuff. Partly a bit. because I don't think any of the characters in this are that interesting. Yeah, I so agree. I don't, I don't really care about getting to know them better. You want to know how they knew that they weren't that interesting? They bring back all the old characters from the franchise. But also in less interesting Ways. versions of right. themselves. It's like so Marth, Marth is, and Marth Roy. Is a, yeah, but nobody acts like and themselves. And Sigurd. Really. It's, it's, they're all there. And they're there because they are the, the engage part of Fire, Fire Emblem Engage. They are these engage emblems, these spirits that... You put on a ring, and then they're tied to that character. And yeah. you can go, and you can tie them so to So far, I have not seen an explanation in, in the game of why that... Like, why, why it happens. Why they're all old Fire Emblem characters. Like, were they legends in this world? or Because like, you're already... A, you're, you're a thousand-year-old... You're literally a thousand-year-old dragon, which seems like an intentional, like, jab at the the running gag about, of Fire Emblem, where, like, they had the one, like, ti like, like ten-year-old girl right. who was a romantic interest, and she's like, it's okay, I'm a thousand-year-old dragon secretly. It's like, no, that's You're a ten -year -old still, girl. still not okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, you play as Alier, and he's been asleep for a thousand years after a brutal war with the fell dragon. You've been asleep for a thousand years, you wake up, your mom is there, um, there's these people who have been guarding mom you. mom is for also an immortal dragon. Yeah. There's people there who've been guarding you for a thousand years. And as luck would have it, as soon as you wake up, it turns out that the fell dragon has also returned. Mm -hmm. And you basically just have to repeat, for best I could tell, repeat the same thing that happened a thousand years earlier. Sort of, but also, like, they're doing a KOTOR thing where you were the bad guy kind right. of thing. And you, you start getting flashbacks of, like, an evil version of you. And I think, and they won't, nobody will tell you exactly what happened a thousand years ago. Yeah. So my guess is that you were actually the, the bad, bad guy. guy. And your goal is to go out and collect all 12 emblems, which again are the what gives you the ability to use the spirit forms of these old Fire Emblem characters. And you need to collect all 12 of the emblems before the Fell Dragon's minions beat you to it. So the race is on between you and the Fell Dragon and these corrupted people. Yeah, and I will <laughs> one thing I will say that like um, and I almost never say this or do this in, in even games like this, but like burn through the open don't judge this game by the first like five chapters like, yeah burn through the terrible storytelling and the rote nonsense and the stupid twins we were talking about like, it earlier like people like slagging for spoken for a story and terrible story and get to the meat of just doing missions doing missions doing missions because that's the game and it is intense dude these first of all the number of units in each battle yeah it's insane which is good because i, I always like larger scale like anime turn-based strategy rpg stuff that's why i like shining force more than like final fantasy tactics and things like that it's and not fire, hard to fire make the does cut have, yeah fire emblem <laughs> does have large scale battles it has in the past but they they haven't so much in like 
Three Houses was not yeah. really that. This definitely gets back to the old school, like like, like NES era. Well, like, the old games too. There's like built. forty guys on the fucking field. Sometimes it's insane. Like, yeah, it's a lot to consider. Like some of these battles, like when you get deeper into the game, take a yeah. long freaking sometimes time. Sometimes they drop all the enemies in, and you're like, how am I gonna beat? All these well, guys? then like, and then you do. Somehow. Yeah, you do. But like it's it's the, the system works. But like there's there's a uh, well, then there's always they more. Throw a lot of a lot of stuff at you because then more enemies will start coming mm-hmm. from off the screen, and you're like, wait a minute, how is this even possible? There are so many times in this game where a skirmish starts, and I'm like, I'm just gonna quit. This is where I'm gonna stop playing this game. I can tell already. I'm gonna have to fight this battle five times to get through it, and it's gonna take some stroke of luck for me. And no, I end up beating it mostly yeah. on the first try, somehow, some way. So the way that they have balanced the game is kind of masterful. To be able to incorporate this many units into for both sides into one battle and ensure that it's balanced in a way that the average player is still not going to have too much of a struggle getting through it. That takes real skill. Or maybe just a shit ton of data that they have from all the prior Fire Emblem games. I don't know. But it's really impressive how they've managed to do it. But these battles are no freaking joke, man. Like, eventually, like, you have, you know, a lot of emblems. So you also have, like, six or seven characters in your party that can do the transformation stuff. And a big part of the strategy is using those people wisely because they pack a huge wallop like they're on a cooldown so you can't just constantly use like the emblems and the, the the mystical characters or whatever but when you do like they just dole out insane amounts of damage and so a big part of the strategy of this is like one making sure that any character that has an emblem never dies because as long as you do that you're pretty much going to make it through almost any skirmish So that's the first thing you have to do. And then you have to manage them on the battlefield, Mm -hmm. figuring out, like, okay, where is the enemy trying to flank? You got to make sure that you, when you start and you kind of figure out where the enemy's going, that you send one of those emblemed characters in each direction to make sure that there, at least one of those people are there to kind of anchor that little small squad that you sent to handle the flank or whatever. There's just crazy amounts of strategy in this. And, like, so Matt said earlier that you know they ditched romance romance and stuff like that out of the social aspects of the game and he's right and that they put the emphasis on the combat and oh my god they have it's almost too much matt to think about all the stuff that is going on like as far as the number crunching under the hood like I, after a certain point i just stopped even worrying about it because what i found is like you don't need it at least on the default difficulty setting you don't need to master all these little systems that are going on underneath the hood like most of the stuff that you do back at the hub to get like a little buff here and a little buff there, none of that stuff matters when it ultimately comes down to it. Now, if you play this on the higher difficulties, I'm certain that that stuff will matter. But playing it on the default, no. Like you can just be smart with each skirmish without being neck deep into all the minutia of this game because there's just too much. Um, the plot in this game also moves really fast. So you were saying like, get through the initial hours of this you're right they're they're tough to get through but also like what i thought was going to be a major goal of the game like the whole goal of the game i thought was going to last the whole game i got through it in like 12 hours Hmm. and then they introduced some other new thing that carries you for the next 12 hours so the setup of this that's not really what the plot ultimately becomes it ends up going off in all these different directions when it's all said and done Um, And I thought the pacing of the plot in this, once you get past the plotting first two hours, I thought it was really good. Like, I thought they kept introducing new characters, new concepts, Mm. new ideas. It is one of the worst openings, opening sections of of a Fire Emblem game. 
it really takes a long time to really overly going. wordy. And I will listen to the voice acting on things, but but by the you know by the second after the second battle, I was just jumping through stuff. I just don't want to hear anybody talk anymore. Like, Notice that you you have to turn off the subtitles every time. Hmm? You can't turn off the subtitles in this game for good. Huh. It's cinema by cinema. You have to hit the Y button to turn off the subtitles. Weird. <laughs> it's like what? Because I always hate, I I turn off subtitles for footage, because I want the footage to look clean. Um, but after a while playing this game, I just got sick of turning them off, and I just let the, the subtitles run. So, in this B-roll, which is a rarity for Game Face, you will see subtitles, which we never really run. So, there's just weird quirks about stuff like that. But otherwise, I think for the most part, you're pretty much getting what you expect. Like... The leveling up stats are distributed automatically. Generally, I like to have control over that kind of stuff. How do you feel about it? I mean, that's Fire Emblem. Yeah, you I know. Never, it always does it that way, but, you know, you just always assume that with a new entry, they may try to do different things. Are you okay with them continuing to do it that way? Yeah, that's... If, if, if it's going to be turn-based, then as much as... I mean, I, even when it's not, like, the, the Muso game does the same thing. That's Fire yeah. Emblem. Like, yeah. You, you don't you you have an algorithm not not choices now you do manually change your equipment your loadout your class your bonds and like your skill sets and stuff like that so you do have some agency over the characters like i've never had a problem getting through a fire emblem game because my level ups were bad mm -hmm. i mean there are people who micromanage that save before levels restart a battle if their level comes up and it doesn't give them a good level up thing because I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Like, you're you're going to be... It's it's incremental to the point that you're fine. Yep. And as we said, you pair up characters with the Emblem Rings. That gives them the ability to summon, basically, these classic characters from the past of the Fire Emblem franchise. Um, and that grants that party member bonuses. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, they both missed each other. What? Never, the, that, in the footage, the, 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 the your queen, the queen, the, the mother and the big knight guy both missed each other. Oh. And then the character's like, that's what was amazing. I've never seen anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I've never <laughs> seen two people miss each other in Fire Emblem either. That was, that was impressive. And mine, it didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. At least it's re it's really as random. Like, yeah. I guess give them that credit. And so there's a finite number of the emblem rings so the game also gives you the ability to go into this room and basically forge your own rings for characters that you don't give the rings to. And th you can also install those same rings on the people who do have the emblem rings, so they get the double the buffs, but then the other characters still have some buffs underneath the hood. It's, it's just system upon system upon system, and it just the rabbit hole just keeps going down, down, down. And again, I started getting all wrapped up in it, and at a certain point, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to play a skirmish without worrying about that stuff. And I fought through it, no problem. And from that point on, that's just the way I played the game. Again, if you really want to dig deep into these systems, you really only need to do that if you're playing on the higher difficulty settings, yeah, on the, the default most, setting. As always, the most you really need to worry about is the, the, the triangle of weapon types. Yep. And the rock, then, paper, scissors. Even then you can overpower somebody pretty Yeah, easily. because there's also a break system in this. So if you use the rock, paper, scissors system and you use the... Someone, if you have someone who has a, a pole against someone with a sword, it will break them. And basically, they'll drop their weapon, and then they're vulnerable. Like, you can follow up after that and just annihilate them with almost any attack. So well, no, some... the, the, the main thing that does is it means they don't counterattack you. Yeah. That's, that's the, the, the point of breaking. So, have you seen in this footage, like, pretty much every time you deliver attack, the enemy tries, at least tries, to deliver a counterattack. And sometimes they miss depending on the stats or whatever, but yeah, it's a big part of the flow of the game. And obviously you're... Yeah, defense is actually more effective in this than in most of the Fire Emblem yep. games, I find. Like, it is actually possible to build up some defense, use cover, uh, avoid damage in a, in a, in a 
conscious way. Like that's 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 uncommon in these kinds of games. Well, there's also a new feature called what the chain block, where the one character can go up next to a character and then in a cross shape yeah. she can protect anyone in that cross shape around her. Yeah, which is a little weird because she's a not that strong yeah you have to keep her away from lose, everybody else. you lose 33 percent of your life bar and you can only do it when the life bar is full yep which is interesting um it's it saved my, the ass of some of my units though before yeah i could see that it's, it's a last resort thing it works um if you if, but you're right you have to be when i first started playing i did it like every turn and i was like wait a minute i can only do it three times and then i figured out like you said it takes away big chunks of your health or like you can't do it or you'd be dead uh, so it does cut you off. It can't, you can't just spam it and abuse it. Um, what else is there to talk about? You can level up the bonds between you and the emblem. So if, to, if your character is assigned that ring and that emblem for a long period of time, the bond between the two of you grows. And then the damage output between the two of you also grows. So there's incentive to keep using the same emblems with the same characters. Um, there's multiple in-game shops that are in the hub. And they, you know, they sell weapons, they'll sell armor, just, you can upgrade your weapons, typical RPG stuff for 2023. Um, how do you feel about the plot in this, Matt? Do you feel like it's pushing you forward? No. Yeah. Like, it's, but it's fine. It's just, it's there to, it's there to keep you going to the battlefield and fighting over and over again. It's, it's real, even for Fire Emblem, it's real by rote stuff. Yep. And there you can see we're leveling up the bond between the 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 emblem and the real character there after and like none of the characters like, are really memorable no like, like not none the, of the new not ones the way of three houses even the lead character no there's not much there and also i don't even think i don't even think the old fire emblem characters are like they don't feel like themselves like yeah. they don't but i mean they, let's be honest they've sold these characters as people that they don't marth nobody cared about marth before smash brothers well, they did in Japan. Yeah, but, but he like, never, never appeared in anything in, in America before that. These characters are so nondescript. There's nothing really unique or well, cool you, or different about you, them. You say that to the Fire Emblem fan base and, <laughs> and get ready to defend yourself yeah. physically because there's, you will be swarmed by you will be swarmed by women who do nothing but fantasize about Marth for their entire lives. <laughs> uh, Jerry Boulet asks, "So I like these games once a few years. This or should I wait for Advance Wars?" I mean, Advance Wars may never come out, so this. Yeah. Like, the, in Spain, apparently, a bunch of Advance Wars pre-orders got canceled with yeah. no notice. Uh, Vincent remarked about the B-roll that sh that I attacked uh, a sword with an axe. It's You can. You can. It's not that important. <laughs> you, you don't do less damage or anything, really. You just you but, do a little less damage. But, but the advantage is that you you do the break thing and don't get counterattacked. That's right. it. Yeah. Like, there's no real... It's not a hard and fast rule. You do a lot more damage if you are following the rock, paper, scissors thing. But it, you can still win. You don't have to. It's not like every attack has to be against the yeah, class that's weakest You don't need to weapon. avoid attacking no. an axe. With, you know, a sword against a, an axe is not a problem. No. You can still easily win the, the fight. So, yeah. Don't, an axe against a sword Don't or sweat that stuff if you start playing this game. Like, oh, my that God. That is still I, very funny. Like the, that animation of bonking the dragon on the head is—I I don't think that's supposed to be funny, but it is. Like that's, there's the look on the dragon's face is like, humor. "What the fuck are you doing?" Like yeah. it's like. Now there's some cool stuff in this. Like if you're connected to the internet, uh, there are like multiplayer stuff. There's like two different modes for multiplayer. I didn't play them that much. They were kind of annoying, but some of the cooler stuff that happens is it will. There will be pickups on the battlefield if you're connected to the internet from where people died before. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, in some of these battles, like, getting a health potion can save your ass. So part of the strategy is seeing one of the, the squares that has one of those pickups on it. Now, you don't know exactly what the pickup is. It's just like a generic icon. But if you go over and pick it up, there's a chance that you could get a health pickup that could literally save your ass and save the whole skirmish. I thought that was a pretty cool feature and a cool way to incorporate uh, network connectivity. I've never really seen that in, in other games before. Have you? Um, like not in this kind of game, in uh, like open world stuff. Yeah. Sometimes. But. Yeah. We're, yeah. You're right. Like there's some like from software does some kind of similar stuff like that, hmm. um, where you can interact with in a single player game with people that died in their single player games in light ways anyway. Uh, but I thought that was a pretty cool idea. There are also objects located around some of the battlefields, like ballistas that you can take over for added firepower. Um, so there's like these mm-hmm. big turrets that it's a race between you and the enemy to get to these encampments because most of them are like one shot kills. So if you can get to them and before your enemy and you can keep firing and they do have like a finite number of, of like fires. Like I think most of them have like nine or 10, but dude, that's enough to get through, like completely wipe out some entire skirmishes if you just get to that ballista first and you start taking out enemies with one shot kills there's also the engage aura things the engage aura things like little blue spaces oh yeah what are those actually that refills your engage meter instantly so you can engage again oh okay so, so you can summon the character again yeah okay got it so you, and that's strategic too so you can use up your engage early take out the early guys get up to that go to space, that space and then they refill do it again, do it again. Because engage only lasts three turns, and you can only do the super move once. Right. So that's a good way to know that you can use it early. Sometimes it's just an, a clue the game gives you. It's like, yeah, you can use your engage to deal with these guys now, yeah. and just get it back. But of yep. course, it becomes it becomes a becomes a bigger question once you've got multiple characters who can engage. Yeah, um, yeah, and once you engage too, even though you only have that one attack and it's done, those two extra turns matter because yeah. when they attack you and you're engaged. Your counters are just devastating. Counters are good, and they also, while you're engaged, you can use the other the emblem character's weapon. That's right. Which usually is better than your yep. weapon. Even if you're not doing the powered-up attack, yeah. just using that normal attack with mm-hmm. the better weapon. Like they're usually strong against particular enemy kinds yep. in, in a way that, that goes outside of the, the weapon triangle. Yep. And uh, that can be helpful, too. Yep. In general, though, I'd say the normal difficulty was pretty perfect. Like, I died a couple times... Not so much that it got annoying. Like, I always felt like I was making progress. When I did die, I never felt like I got cheesed or some some weird thing happened. I always felt like I, I deserved it. I earned it. Um, after you finish each mission, you can push on if you want to and keep playing the next mission. Or you can return to the hub. Or you can just go back to the world map and choose which direction you want to go. The world map is like typical JRPG everything's miniature. There's these pathways you can go to. There are side missions in this. And another thing that happens, too, is as you make progress through the world map, like side missions will reappear on the old missions that you've already completed. So you can go back and kind of replay the missions that you've already beat with a new sort of scenario, but the same setting. Um, So, again, these games are already pretty big. And from the looks of it, this one isn't any smaller than what you're used to with this franchise. Also, Um, if anyone is planning on being a melee warrior... Don't have that hairstyle. <laughs> don't don't have hair in your face when you're trying to <laughs> trying to fight people. Well, notice he's got two tone hair. He also has two tone eyes. Mm. So he has one blue eye and like one red eye that matches his hair because one side's blue and one side's red. And I think there's some significance to that. Like I think only the dragon people or whatever mm. have that. Um, 
What else? Yeah, I guess I agree with you. I think the characters are pretty crap. Like, I really didn't resonate with any of them. Again, even the main character in the game, which is pretty bad. Um, and you can choose to play a male version or a female version. You can rename it if you want, but I just left the default name as Air for my character. Um, there are some yeah, mini I, games. I leave the default name for Fire Emblem almost always. Yeah. There are some mini games in the hub world, but they don't, it's not worth it. Like, there's like a workout thing you can do where you do push-ups and stuff and like all you get is like a buff that lasts for your next battle and that's it like i found a lot of this stuff in the hub world to be frivolous and not worth messing around with ultimately like you can find cats and other animals out in the world when you're on missions and then you come back to the hub world and there's this like barn yeah. where you can go and you can like turn like make the cats and the other animals like a part of your hub like but you can't pet the cats yeah it's very it, it, all of it just feels frivolous most of the stuff yeah. in the home world felt frivolous and pointless to me that's what you want me to pay for dlc i'll pay for pet the cat dlc <laughs> there's, no, there's cats everywhere and i can't yeah. fucking interact with them why, why are they there why are you doing what are you doing yep and there's other stuff. Spoken knew that. Yeah. Spoken knew we wanted to pet the cat. It did. Yep. And there's other stuff you can do in the hub. You can forge the rings. There's an uh, like a little gazebo, amiibo gazebo there where you can bring in your amiibo. Uh, as I said, you can adopt the pets that you found out on the battlefield. There's all kinds of little stuff like that, but uh, none of it feels significant. Emperor Dread does note that the color is probably a reference to the Switch controllers. Oh, that could be. Maybe. <laughs> Although you're right, it does match. But mostly, it just felt like. An empty space filled with icons without the backdrop of the school. Like, it just mm -hmm. didn't feel like it was a place that mattered to me, the hub world, like it did in Three Houses. That part of it, I get where they're dinging this game a little bit versus yeah, Three Houses. It's, it's the, the ratings are low, but also kind of like, it's it's just it's just another Fire Emblem. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's not super grabbing me. It's not, uh, there's no problems really with it. It's just... It is a Fire Emblem game. Yeah. It is not... Kind of, you know, Three Houses, you can't forget that Three Houses was kind of an evolution mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. It was trying something It's new. a little weird to go back, I think. Yeah. But I think you will go back. I think, like, you know, I think there will be another one like Three Houses probably in another few years. Um, and they'll kind of alternate between more... You know, it, it, in, a, in another world, Three Houses would have been, like, the Wii game. And uh, this would have been the handheld game. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're right. And again, I played this mostly on handheld, in handheld mode, and it worked great. Yeah, so, I, I ain't going that far. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I can see that because of the way the battles work, it, it actually does lend itself very well to handheld if you were going to play it that way. Yeah, Erebus Jones says, so much talking in three houses. That's yeah. also here. That's here, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it dissipates a bit by, like, chapter seven. Yeah. But early on, oh, my God, these people won't shut the up. The combos still go on way too long. Like, the, it's just overly wordy. It's like, I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. I don't need the next, like, three paragraphs of exposition. Like, Yeah, I have, in fact seen her you know, encountered a fantasy story before yeah. like, <laughs> you have to explain every little part of it to me yeah but overall this is kind of a step back from three houses not as much i think as the reviews are saying no, it is i think it's a step back presentationally but it's not a step back game wise yeah you know game in fact i think a lot of the battles in this even early on are more interesting than the battles ever really get in three houses the battles mm -hmm. in three houses are gate are gates to get to the next part of the story mm -hmm. the battles in this game are the game and I'll say this too. And there are people who would argue that that is more what Fire Emblem has always been and should be. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this too. I did not find myself like I I enjoyed the story in Three Houses. Yeah. I, I was anticipating what was going to happen next in the story. In this game, I have not felt that way. No. And again, I think back to your point, the characters just haven't resonated with me. I think no. that's really been the big difference. Like.
Yeah, there's not a lot of meat on the character bone here. Yeah. Which is... Uh, yeah, I cared about my interactions with the characters in Three Houses. I really don't in this one. Yeah, and they like, don't really have anything interesting to say. Even when you go around talking to them between battles, it's like, okay. Like, here, yeah, yeah, take sure. this. Because <laughs> they should just say, I know you're only talking to me because you want 50 bonding pieces. Right. Because <laughs> that's really what you're doing. And this also has like the Here's cooking. Here's your reward for being my friend. Yeah. Um, and this also has the cooking thing where you gather ingredients mm -hmm. and you go and you use the ingredients to cook. And yeah, you there's choose a lot of like, this is in here because we know you expect it to be in yeah. here kind of thing. But it just doesn't feel as real as no. it did in Three Houses. The connective tissue isn't as strong here. So no. it really does kind of end up And becoming... you know you can you can replicate that because uh, Three Hopes replicated it pretty well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And I wasn't even the same developer. Right. So, yeah. And a different um, genre. Yeah, it's just there's a lot. It's just it's a pretty bland cast. Yeah, um, that feels like kind of a remix of the greatest hits of other Fire Emblem games. And it's also gigantic. Like and, then, the, and then the part of the number they, of they also well they also suffer from the fact that they're you know they've got twelve of the emblems of the other old you know classic Fire Emblem characters, and so you're constantly you know. You're, just when you think you're kind of okay with how some of these characters are, Marth shows up again, and right. you're like, oh, right, you are way more interesting than anyone in this game. And he's not even all that interesting, no, let's just in be this, honest. In this game, yeah. <laughs> That's just the, where the bar is. But at least you knew what he wanted yeah. and what he was exactly. doing. Like, yep. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That is Fire Emblem Engage. I think generally the reviews are right. I probably would have scored it a little bit higher than its aggregate, but not a lot. So... Um, generally, it really is just a collection of really great Fire Emblem battles. And if you don't really care about the story in games like this, it really is just a and big... And you probably shouldn't. You, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> and also, this really is, it just cuts to the core of what Fire Emblem is. And if you like yeah. turn-based strategy RPGs, you're going to love it. Yeah, so. It's kind of an ongoing thing where, like, look, no one's ever going to make a turn-based strategy game with a story as good as Final Fantasy Tactics again. Yeah. like, And I don't even like Final Fantasy Tactics as a game very much, but that story is the pinnacle of this subgenre. Yeah, like achievement. And uh, I thought Three Houses was pretty good. Three Houses is all right, but I'll just it, it's still kind of like more... It's like, oh, this feels like watching an anime series about these characters, whereas like Fire, Final Fantasy Tactics... Um, you know, told a pretty, it was just pretty great story, a pretty grand scope yeah. war story mm -hmm. uh, that more or less worked, even yeah. though I hated how the game played for the most part. Again, I like the large scale stuff. I do not like the Final Fantasy Tactics is five on five. Yep, too small, too restrictive for me. But that story and the music is great, and just don't expect that from anything else. Even Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced couldn't pull yeah. that one off. Although Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced is also an isekai, like for Spoken. it is, yeah, Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Only one thing left for Game Phase 327, and that is... That's right. It's time for Name That Game, a fun little game we play at the end of every episode of Game Phase. If you're new, it's very simple. I show you a series of screenshots, and you try to guess the name of the game. It's very simple. You're trying to beat Matt Kyle, who's very good at this sort of thing, but you guys win all ties. So if he guesses the name of the game, and I look over and the name of the game pops up in chat instantaneously or even a beat or two later, you guys will still get the win. A couple things to keep in mind. If you've won the first three weeks of the year, you do not play. Once you win Name That Game, you are on the bench for the rest of the year. So if you've already won, do not play. Another thing is, do not spam the chat with game titles. We put the chat into slow mode, which means you get one guess every 60 seconds. So don't just start typing in random game titles. You're going to type in one, and you have to sit and wait 60 seconds before you can guess again. 
And by that time, you're probably going to lose. Let's just be honest, because these games tend to go pretty quickly. Um, if you win, you get a free game as well. And it doesn't matter whether you're a patron or you just showed up randomly on Twitch because you saw that we finally got promoted on the homepage. God forbid that would ever happen. Mm. Wouldn't that be awesome? Um, but if you just stumbled across our little stream here, if you win, you get a prize. You do not have to be a patron or support us in any way, shape, or form. So with that, I think we have all the details out of the way and we're ready to play. And here we go. Also, by the way, if you haven't played before, first couple images, really hard to guess the game based upon those. They get more obvious as we go. And here is the first image for Name That Game for Game Phase 3, 27, and go! Hmm. People who have never played this before are probably like, how could anybody ever get it from that image? And oh, people will. Good. Good. <laughs> Witcher 3, no. Far Cry 4, no. Dark Souls, no. Forspoken, no. Good <laughs> guess, though. That's that's a good guess, Kevin. Uncharted 4, no. Snake Eater, no. Prototype 2, no. Far Cry 3, no. Two Far Cry 3 guesses in a row, no. Horizon Zero Dawn, no. Haze, no. 50 Cent, no. <laughs> Wampler, someday I will make it 50 days. Cent for you, I promise. Uh, Zed Saber Juno, Turok on Xbox 360, no. Nier Automata, no. Portal 2, no. Red Dead 2, no. Alan Wake, no. Final Fantasy 15, no. Are there any games left for you guys to guess at this I don't point? No, anything else with ferns in it? <laughs> okay, I think you've exhausted your guesses. Here comes image number. One more for Crisis. Crisis, no. That's a good guess, though. Image number two. Here we go. Huh. No guesses rolling in. Magic Knight Ray Earth, no. <laughs> it's not Rage, is it? Rage, no. That's a good guess. Half-Life 2, no. Resident Evil 4, no. That's a good guess, too. Homefront Revolution, no. Metro Exodus, no. MGS 4, no. Monster Hunter World, no. Last of Us, no. Fallout 4, no. Prey, no. Rage, no. We already did Last of Us Yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yep, for the uh, kickoff of the series. Last of Us Part 2, no. Mad Max, no. These are all good guesses. Not that, there's not that much plants in, anywhere in Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah, there's not enough desert. Wolfenstein Old Blood, no. XCOM 2, no. Surge, no. Mm. Wolfenstein 2, no. Okay. We're ready for the third image. Here we go. This will give it away. Yeah, it kinda, what is that? kind of looks like Dying Light. Wolfenstein 2, no. Are you guessing? So it looked like Dying Light, but... Or Dying Light 2. We have a winner! <laughs> Matt has won! Name that game for the first time in a long time. <laughs> it is Dying Light 2. Yep. And GX Gear, you were close, but... If you tell me that you didn't hear Matt... No, I can't do that, because then people could always just cheat. Matt yeah. wins. <laughs> and here were the last two images. Here was image four. That might have given it away. And here's the last image, because I really thought people might struggle to get this one. I just tried to literally give it away with the last image. And there it is. Just showing you one of the main characters from the game. Because what I discovered when I was grabbing screenshots for this 
was that there aren't that many iconic things from this game that would tip people off. No, there aren't. <laughs> so at the end, I'm like, you the know what? The, I mean, I knew that bridge was Dying Light, but I didn't know which one it was at first. Yeah. It, it felt like Violet. I guess it's, it's too red to be the first one. Yeah. first one's a more washed out color palette. Yep. Yeah. It said Matt won with Shenmue last December. Yeah. Yeah. Thing is, Matt is not on slow-mo. That's a good point, Jerry. <laughs> That's a good point. But you guys can all feel But I also don't each... sit here saying game titles the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Know, so. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. You've won, what, three times? Uh, is that right? I think it's four or five. Have you won four or five? I won earlier. Earlier on, I won more when you were just putting the plain screenshots up. Oh. Before you started zooming and... And, and being and, a little yeah. more creative with it. Yeah, it was a little easier then. Because part of the other problem is like... You can't, you, you, including part of the UI is always going to give something away. I try to never include yeah. the UI, like ever. But you're right, the old screenshots I was using, the UI would just give it away almost every mm -hmm. time. But yeah, congratulations. I'll give you another round of applause, Matt, because it's been a while since you've won one. Great job, my brother. Sorry that nobody won this time. But Matt's got to win every once in a while. Otherwise, there's no tension, right? We can't just let you guys win every time. Um, so congratulations. And unfortunately, we don't have time for a Q&A today. Um, so we'll have to wait till next week. I think next week's episode won't be butting up against our time like the last couple have, because these last two episodes have just been loaded with stuff. Last week we did Game Face and our Fantasy Draft, and this week we had the third-party preview that was just gigantic. So next week we'll be able to do our Q&A. I do apologize if any of you guys had any really interesting questions queued up that you wanted me to answer. Uh, here's one more answer. Kevin Rafa. By Fire Emblem or Forspoken? Oh. I mean, they're such different games. They're very different. I mean, whichever one you're more interested in. Yeah, honestly. I would say that, but I would say this: I enjoyed Forspoken more than Fire Emblem. But if I were review, if I were reviewing the two games, I would give Fire Emblem the higher score, not by much, mm -hmm. but a little bit. But I would, I enjoyed playing Forspoken more than Fire Emblem. Yeah, I do think. I so did I. I think Fire Emblem is doing what it's trying to do better than Forspoken does. Mm -hmm. But I think Forspoken is trying a higher degree of difficulty here. Yep. Uh, so that's it for Game Face 327. Thanks to everybody on the chat. Now, again, I, I see all the questions rolling in here now. All Super Bowl picks. I actually, Eric, I picked my Super Bowl picks like three weeks ago. I picked 49ers versus Chiefs in a Super Bowl. And so far, I'm still in good shape there. We'll see how it goes. Um, but anyway, thanks to everybody who showed up in the chat. I'm really sorry that we couldn't answer all your questions. You guys are putting a bunch in there right now. I totally see them, but we're just out of time. Um, Derek D111, thank you for Twitch Prime. I appreciate that, brother. Um, but we'll be back next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, as always, at twitch.tv slash games. Erebus um, makes a good point. Fire Emblem isn't going to drop in price, whereas Forspoken will be 20, 20 pounds <laughs> It's like Christmas. a week. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in a week. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, look, if you're watching the show on YouTube and you can't afford to support us, help us with Twitch Prime. In fact, everybody watching this, no matter who you are, help us with Twitch Prime. People who are sifters, patrons, they already get it. If you're on YouTube and you're watching this, you want to help us, you can give us a free $2.50 a month just for being an Amazon Prime member. The instructions for doing that are down below. In fact, I started including, Matt, a video of, or actual footage of me subscribing with Twitch Prime in episodes of Packer Factor. <laughs> and it literally takes three seconds. I timed it. It took three seconds to resubscribe with Twitch Prime. It is that easy you can spend three seconds and give us two dollars and fifty cents for free please do it 
And again, if you're on YouTube, the instructions for doing it the first time are down below. You have to like connect your accounts the first time. Even that takes like a minute. And then from then on, every month, it's just three seconds. It's really that easy. It can make a huge difference for us. We'd really appreciate it. If you are doing okay financially and you want to support us over the long term, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. And there you can pledge whatever you want per month. A dollar, a million dollars, whatever. There are rich people out there, Matt, right? You never know. They want to give a podcast a million dollars a month. Somebody won that mega millions out there and can throw a million <laughs> right. dollars at anything. They could give us a million dollars a month for eternity if they won that the, the, the jackpot. So anyway, uh, help us out however you can. We appreciate it all. We, we would definitely upgrade to 1080p <laughs> yeah, for that. <laughs> well, the show archive is 1080p. It's yeah, just the streaming. stream isn't. Yeah. yeah. I do appreciate you guys. You get a new you get a new TriCaster. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I would definitely get a new tri- <laughs> uh, the 4K TriCaster would be ours without a doubt. 4K 60 by the way, the new TriCasters mm-hmm. are. So, but anyway, we can't afford it. Maybe someday. Uh, but anyway, thanks to everybody who does all that stuff. Thanks to our patrons obviously. Without you guys this stuff doesn't happen. It's not lost on me that a lot of people lost their jobs in the industry at GameSpot and Giant Bomb and we're still here at Sifted. Like I just can't even put into words how much I appreciate your support. Also, I should add that for the first time in like forever, our number of patrons has gone up. Hmm. That algorithm on YouTube has changed everything. Like we are getting so many people in the comments in Pactor Factor now saying, holy crap, I didn't even know you were still doing this and there's eight seasons of it. <laughs> that shows you how messed up mm-hmm. the algorithm is. Cause you know, all those people that have been watching Easy Ally stuff, they're not getting recommended Pactor Factor. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So anyway, our patrons have actually gone up for the first time in forever, which is amazing. And then on YouTube, we're getting all these new people. It's, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to ask any questions. Yeah, we're just going to let the, it ride. I don't watch the show on YouTube, but I have, it sometimes pops up in my recommended things. And I have seen the viewer count is higher than it usually yep. is. Yeah. So things are going in the right direction, which is so weird. <laughs> all it took was an algorithm change on YouTube. That, the, the all-powerful algorithm. <laughs> I guess. Kind of put up those shorts. Yep. Exactly. So... Much love to you guys. Thanks for everybody who's on the stream. You guys make the stream everything it is. You guys fact check us in real time. Make sure that we don't have to do like corrections and retractions every episode. It's awesome. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, so everybody have a great week. Everyone go out and play a bunch of games. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.